On this exciting episode of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, you can expect the worst of everything. I'm joined in studio virtually by Scott Hoffman from Dirt Bike Test, where we talk about the worst things we've ever ridden in motorcycling. And I might even get to the point of picking the worst bike ever, or will I? Welcome to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is show number 198. Logan, it's hard to believe we've been doing this show for that long. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, it is crazy because you were like, how old? Can't figure this out. Um, oh, you can't figure this out. Logan is producing the show tonight. He's sitting over to my right because Matt seems like he's trying to get out of it. And lucky for us, we have probably one of the most uplifting and just just brings light into the room my good friend scott hoffman uh co-founder of dirt bike test uh has been uh been with us for forever since the beginning and scott was uh long time uh, at uh in the moto industry period you were at dirt rider i was you were at cycle cycle news before that uh contributor yes Contributor, dirt rider for a long time. Yeah. Started his own magazine, Supermoto Racer. That's correct. And then somehow uh, joined up with uh, with uh, my crazy idea of trying to do this uh, dirt bike test. That's correct. And we're still doing it somehow. Somewhat. It's, it's just a lot of work. No comment? Oh, uh, yeah, obviously. I haven't been as active <laughs> lately, but uh, during the heyday, if there was a heyday, yes, busy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, awesome to have Scott back on the show. Uh, I was kind of surprised because we, we don't talk a whole lot. We have some uh, mutual business interests and just a couple different things. Although everybody knows, if you know me, I'm adverse to making money. So uh, uh, that's why the business thing doesn't really work. It's more of funds. We have funds. Not funds, funds. And uh, so I gave Scott a call, uh, pitched him on the idea of doing the show, real similar to what I did with uh, my good buddy Jay over at uh, Dirt Bike TV One and said, hey, we want I want to do this show. And Scott said, sure, I'd love to cheer up the mood because I know you're going to get all down. <laughs> and <laughs> and right, because tonight we're going to talk about the worst motorcycle dirt bikes, worst dirt bikes and dirt bike products ever um and so we're going to finish this off when we finish this segment it's going to be the worst dirt bike of all time so have you thought about this uh since you uh gave me all the prep time uh yeah i think i had like 20 minutes to think about it but i've got a few Good. ideas don't don't give it away because i still haven't formulated my answer yet right well i'm on the I, fence there's, there's quite a bit of reason it depends on the bike we can we can drill down on it and come to come to some sort of a conclusion but uh I'd like to, uh, yeah, thank uh, all of our sponsors for tonight. Uh, of course, Yamaha, which no matter what, it cannot be a Yamaha, right? No. Because Yamaha is a sponsor of the show. So no, okay, good. I don't think it's a Yamaha either. So anyways, Takamoto, Scott Sports. Oh, we're doing Rooster Endo tonight. Uh, Rooster Endo. This is the segment where you send us a picture of your bike. Do we, are we have a full quorum of Rooster Endos in there? I think we have, I think we have four. Four. So you you could take one if somebody sends it to Matt and Matt forwards it over to you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Matt at Jimmy Lewis Uh That's where you could send your rooster endo submission. You're vying for a hundred dollar gift certificate from Taco Moto. 
And I think, Logan, what you want to do is adjust Scott's picture a little bit and put the see if you can get the chat up into the foreground of the show, not the background. So people can also see what's going on in the chat. Do I need to move the camera? No, you're good. All right. It's uh, yeah. Bring that to the front. Yeah. However, you just I saw you highlight it. No, I like to uh, I like to produce this from the side over here. And um, your pay is getting docked every time there's a penalty box uh, be here. So, hey, if um, if you're over on the Instagrams and we cut you off uh, for sure, try to join us over on the um, on the Facebooks or the YouTubes. We're live there. Uh, and if you are enjoying the show, be sure to go back and check out the old episodes because these shows are kind of timeless. We're not talking about too much time. stuff. So, hey, look at that. And what did you reveal? What does it say right up there up top? I don't know. It's too small. It says, Hey, Logan. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you can just, you can drop down, Scott down. We don't need to see his titties. <laughs> yeah. <No>. It's <laughs> so Scott, the, the big news on your front is 193 pounds. Yes. Yeah, so right around there, three to five, depending on the day and uh, uh, what I eat. Right. So, so the cool thing is one of the places that we stream, I was just trying to get a fly off of my uh, off of my shirt here. One of the places that we stream to is is a is a Facebook group. It's an old guys moto fitness thing that Lyndon um, from C Concepts started up, and it's a lot of guys that are using you know riding dirt bikes to motivate them to get uh, back in shape. And I remember it was probably about two years ago. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go out there and say you were in some uh, bad bad shape. Uh, yeah, I would have to agree. <laughs> so, so it seemed like uh, a couple of little injuries, uh, and then and then the weight came on, and the motivation went downhill, and then you dropped. I'm racing mammoth. Well, I was already getting starting to work on my program. Then I go, hey, maybe I'll take it to the next level. And I'm not in awesome shape, but I'm in better shape. Let's just put it that way. Right. So why not just go up to altitude and do long motos? Exactly. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Um, okay. Well, so I'm, we'll I'm on like some get... motocross Botox though. You know, I've tried to buy oh. some supplements and some of that, you know, go, go rhino juice and a couple other oh, items. You're on like the rhino program. Couple, well, this couple pills here, a couple pills there. And, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> cheat the best I can for, you know, age appropriate. Uh, right on. Uh, I think that, you know, I, it's funny cause I've kind of, I've kind of porked up a little bit. I, it started during COVID. I'd like to blame COVID, but I was just being lazy and kind of cut back on some of a lot of my physical activity at the same time, you know, getting a little bit older the metabolism slowing down. And the one thing I didn't do was literally like watch my diet. And I'm trying to, I've always been able to sort of run it off. And by run, I mean, really like running quite a bit. Riding, I don't, I don't use enough energy when I'm riding to, to quote, like, I mean, it keeps me in certain kind of shape, but, uh, the only thing I do when I ride is lose, lose weight, um, you know, water weight. You are a sweaty, sweaty rider. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, it's, it's hot in here right now. I don't know what the hell happened. It is a little toasty. It seems like somebody opened a door on the other side of the house and all the, the swamp coolers moving out. There's a button you can push on a controller right over there that would fire up the air conditioner too. I think it's, I think it's right in front of you. It should be there. You guys Give us live a, right next to hell kind of. 
It's just it's it's kind of like I would call it North Hell. Take your shirts off is what uh, the comment we're getting from a one Jana Bond. Hmm. (laughs) Familiar with her? Uh, Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, you're trying to get you're trying to get Logan. How old are you now, Logan? Seventeen. Seventeen, Jana. I think that's uh, you're not allowed to tell seventeen year olds to take their shirts off. That would be inappropriate behavior. (laughs) So, hey, let's get into the. the uh, motorcycle talk. I don't see a whole lot of uh, questions. Yeah, if we just push this. We have one. Uh, Sorry, are there green buttons up on that thing? One Jody Weisel disciple already put his uh, pick for the worst motorcycle. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, what was it? Uh, TM 400. Oh, that's. Uh, yeah, that's. I. I mean, I like motorcycles a lot. That's the only mo- motorcycle I've thrown out of the back of the truck on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally, I literally threw one out of the back of a truck because there was really nothing else to do with it. I kind of regret doing it now today, but I was like probably 18 at the time. I don't know. We, fa- we found slash acquired slash, uh, uh, you know, came in contact with a few old motorcycles somehow. And, uh, that's where that one ended up. I, You've actually ridden one? Remember. Yes. Yeah, talk about the light switch of a power band. It it's yeah, that's a that's a that's definitely a horrible motorcycle. I I don't know if it it could it could be one of the worst. I don't know. I think there's I'm still haven't decided. <laughs> that's a good that's a really good choice though. So, okay, uh, I'm sad Yamaha hasn't released the 24WR450. Uh Wolf Lynn, it's going to be exactly the same as the 23 uh yz or wr450 because the the wr450 recently just got upgraded and it's usually on like two to three years behind the yz so don't expect uh any big changes in that and then uh, we have our a lot of questions that were submitted on last week's uh test so let's get into my list here Uh, by the way if you are uh, looking to make your bike a little bit more comfortable don't Overlook seat concepts. They have a wide variety of seat options from stylish replacement covers to complete seats, as well as various height and width profiles, unmatched support and impact dampening to the rider. And by the way, their wait time is down from six weeks. So they're uh, finally getting caught up in all those back orders. Whether you're hitting the motocross track or getting geared up for the uh, trek across the country, seat concepts has a seat for you seatconcepts.com saving asses since 2009 so it's amazing to see how a company that started out in a guy's garage making seats for vintage bikes is now one of the seat leaders and i mean that's one of the mods i do on a lot actually almost all of my personal bikes have a i choose to ride certain bikes because i have a seat if I, there's two bikes that are exactly the same like two ktm 500s if one of them happens to have the seat on it even though it's one bolt or two bolts to change it i will hop on the one with the the better seat so okay uh last week we started talking about like why stock is best um this was a discussion jay and i had because you know how like manufacturers build bikes that are designed for everybody and so as a as a target there it's a pretty good deal makes sense yeah for the most part for the most part except when you're big and then you have to put springs on them or they're not exactly set up for you or right all the different things if you're if but they're they're set up for the perfect ideal human uh is what you would you, what you would think but 
I can tell you that probably the easiest thing for me to say is some of the worst bikes I've ever ridden have been modified project bikes for magazines. <laughs> would you would you uh, would you go down that path with me? Um, somewhat. I mean, sometimes a lot of the project bikes that I've ha- I kind of been involved in building, so I've kind of like you know molded them into what I wanted. But some of the blind bikes that someone just builds here, come and ride this thing. Yeah, sometimes uh, you know, well, you just hard, you just hard to power bands, and they pull the stuffers out of the exhaust because they want that wow factor. Well, you just you just kind of said the said the exact thing is like when you build it for yourself or you build it, you target it towards yourself, it becomes better. Right. But just, you know, in there over the over the years, I've had the opportunity to ride so many uh, different, you know, build bikes that were just they just basically threw the catalog at it. Let's call it that. And they were some of the absolute worst. Although they, they usually looked really good. They had a lot of cool things on them. But when you went to ride them, you're like, uh, and back then it was like, did anybody bother to jet this thing? <laughs> you know, after they put the big carb on it and the different pipe and the other stuff. So, um, yeah, that was always uh, my thing. So, and and somehow these, a lot of these, uh, un, I would call unsolicited modifications. I mean, they're, they're just trying to show it to people, but at the same time, it's like, what's the what's the purpose and bling and graphics and all that other stuff aside when they start getting into the shock and okay here's just a revalve it's like well for who and uh that was uh so some of my things uh and i think that yeah if if something you know it, generally if it's kind of like the the what i tell a lot of people when they say their bike isn't working i'm like what's the last thing you did to it and they're like, well, I bolted on this or that or some other thing. So the first question is worst aftermarket part ever. Hmm. I'll, I'll give you a minute to think about this because I had time to think about this. Yeah, that, that's, and, I'll have to think about that. Yeah, it'll take take a second. Uh, I'm going to go with... There's there's two things. (laughs) It's because one one's bike and one's sort of body. One the the worst aftermarket part ever for for me was those those uh they're called iCats or Spark Sparkies or those different things that you that you would um you would basically plug it into your spark plug cap and then screw it. You know, basically it was a, it was an interrupter between your spark plug cap and your spark plug. And it was supposed to make your bike have more power. And, you know, it, it altered the spark duration or did all this different, um, different kinds of things. And I just remember that if you wanted to talk about a good way to screw up your bike. <laughs> yeah. Roost boost was another name. Yeah, that was answer, one of those made, the answer made the roost boost. Yeah, and I think the ca- the company that was making this thing, whatever it was, the 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 magic pill that was kept coming back, and they would they would talk different people into packaging it a little bit different. Uh, that quite possibly could be because it was just complete complete snake oil, and I tried really hard to feel a difference. And they would show you dyno charts, 
And we would actually be at the dyno and we'd plug it in and run the bike on the dyno. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't tell. Uh, and other than there were, there were times when it would actually alter the jetting somehow, like it would just would make the bike not run uh, properly. So, and then there's just an, another point of failure. Another thing in between the thing, uh, Brenda Hansen wants me to say front discard. <laughs> um no, I think like I said, if you're if you can if you can show me dents, really good dents on your front discard, then you need one. So I think that's actually a, a viable a viable product. And he says, "What about that magnetic oil filter, Flynn?" Uh, no, I'm actually I've actually been using that, and for the price, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, the best thing, but because uh, it's really expensive, but I can put it in there, and it sucks a whole bunch of stuff out of the oil, even after you're switching regular filters and stuff. So Scott, what's your, uh, what's your worst, uh, worst aftermarket product ever? Well, as a child, um, I got a 76 RM125 and I thought it would be cool to put air caps on the forks. And uh, my brother and I actually put air in the caps and pressurized them and realized that I was making suspension. that was always already terrible, a brick. So those old air caps, back in the day were probably one of the worst things I ever did on a bike that was just terrible. Uh, David, David B wants to know if you got that out of the JC Whitney catalog. I may have, I, I saw there, I didn't know squat. <laughs> so I went ahead and got it. Right. I, I got, uh, I think I got denim pants out of the JT JC Whitney catalog, like denim leathers or something like that. They had pads in them. Uh, worst product ever, Trevor says, plastic clutch cover protectors. Really? I run those. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, Sheener says, twisted engineering handlebars. I, Shauner. Yeah, I, I, not familiar. Were those the, the carbon ones that were supposed to flex or something yeah, like the, that? Yeah, they were carbon fiber handlebars. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what happened to them, but... Uh... They were here for a short period of time and I think they were got expensive, but, you know, I'm not sure if they broke or whatnot, but, uh, um, some people said they were okay. Some people probably thought they were just, you know, putting something carbon fiber that might break and, you know, use it, use it as a spear if it did break. So you never know. Yep. Um, I got, I got Jay on my Instagrams here. I'm trying to get him to, to come alive here somehow. Cause I'm going to ask him what the worst aftermarket <laughs> <laughs> um add a, let's see room ad is a moderator go live i'll go live with this guy hey jay i'm looking at your roof in your house <laughs> we we're probably too slow to catch you but he's he's jumping on jay quickly worst aftermarket product ever and and, and if it's and hey and, and 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 i'll give you a bonus if it's something you actually hawked back in the day yeah I can't think of it. Let me think of what's the worst thing. Hold on. Uh, oh, I think of those big Scott moon boots. Oh, Scott boots. You mean the, the recent ones or the early, early ones? The early ones that were all plastic and you couldn't move in them. Uh, interesting. So I never got to wear those, but I did wear the, uh, the second itineration of the Scott boots and they were, uh, they they weren't great. They had promise. And you know what's funny is you look now at boots and they're mostly plastic 
and Scott just got a little bit ahead of the curve. You know, they decided to just go all plastics, no animal products in that. <laughs> so, yeah, good one. Um, so we're going to do you, do you have a worst bike ever? Uh, myself. Um, oh, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I not we're not. I was going to I was going to ask Jay if you had one, but he froze up uh, on the screen. Oh, I didn't he, we're going he's to got a baby. Right? He's got a baby. No, we're not going there just yet. Hmm. We'll get there. I was going to ask him if he had it and I was going to try to get him back on or at least have him. I could call him. I could actually call him on the. I got that fly right on the lip of my beer. The fly's been buzzing around here, bugging me the whole time. Um, well, Jay, I think I think somehow the Internet connectivity world lost us. If you have a worst bike ever, uh, I'll call I'll call you. I'll actually give you the the call. I'll plug you into the board and we'll get that because most people can't hear you through this. So everybody on Instagram world, uh, come and see us over in the uh, over in the other forums and we'll see you soon. So, OK, I don't have to worry about that anymore. What, what about the worst production items on a bike? Wow. Uh, worst production, uh, Yamaha's, uh, sorry, Yamaha, a sponsor of the show, a brake activated suspension system. Bass. The bass. You remember that? That what was about, the first yeah. thing you, you yeah. disconnected after you literally w almost went over the bars doing a jump because you, you know, people would drag their brakes going up a jump and make it soft. And then it would, it would uh, uh, like there was always Yama swap back in the days. That was a thing. But this actually would Yama swap in an up and down uh, direction. I mean, the idea behind it's really good. Like when you're on the brakes, you're, there's braking bumps and uh, the, the, the kind of it would make the suspension a little more supple. But a lot of people had, uh, you know, would would you know, use the brakes kind of going up jump faces or even going in a turn since it made it softer, it would actually squat the back end out and the bike wouldn't turn. I remember that on my 1986 YZ125. Is that when, is that the era for that? Yeah, 85, I think it was. 85, yeah, I think I had it on 85 or 86. Maybe it was 85 or yeah, 86. Just, yeah, just disconnect it. It didn't, it didn't last for very long, but good idea, uh, bad, bad results. So what's your... Uh, Best worst part on a stock bike. 23 inch front wheels. Oh. <laughs> My buddy Dave would uh disagree with you. Dave Donatoni. <laughs> the the you've seen the photo up at the cabin of him doing that cross up, that decoster back in the day. They right. called it a decoster when you'd go off the jump and turn the handlebar. He did that on a uh on an XL Honda XL 500, I believe. And cause that wheel was bigger. It just looks so much more badass. <laughs> what was, what was your reasoning for that? Oh, I just remember, uh, recently someone was asking me, somebody had like a 79, uh, CR 125 for sale. And I go, those were one of the worst 125s ever built. And I believe it was the only CR 125 that was ever built in America. It was 1979. It had the, the, the 23 inch front wheel. It might have been 80. These I think it was 79. These kids, yeah, these kids don't even know what they're missing. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know now, bad. Now there they, was a lot of just bad motorcycles back in the day. What about what about 20 what about 20 inch front wheels? Um well those did you get to did I, you get to ride those a little bit? I did. I actually I liked them, but then they progressed with the taller sidewall on the 21s and they got rid of the the smaller smaller wheels. 
Yeah, and you can in in, in reality, if you if you if you like it, in my opinion, if you like a fatty tire on your on your on your bike these days, like a, a bigger like a ninety one hundred instead of eighty one hundred. Right. Or am I getting that backwards? Yeah, ninety one hundred, the bigger one. Uh, you're going to get that kind of same sensation. Although they they used to say it was lighter, and I could feel it a little bit, but I just didn't. I never was happy with like the turn in, like it just the way it fell off the the side into the turn wasn't really that good. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it qualifies as a. We're here. Hey, we're going to take a question from Brenda here. It says, "I'm looking for some levers that will make the reach shorter." So she has a KTM 300. I have adjustment maxed out, and my hands are so tiny they have to use my middle finger to break. I have both levers as brakes. Oh, so she has a recluse clutch and a left hand rear brake. I don't pull. I don't, I don't need the pull to be easier, just closer to the bars. Any idea? So I do actually have an idea, Brenda, the, the, the activation. So when you, if you take the lever off the bike, the pin that's kind of going in and activating that, 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 uh, the piston in there, you can actually just shorten that a little bit. And it doesn't take much. I mean, you can take a millimeter off and, and get it closer. I know this because I do it on some of my bikes. Just notice that that piece is rounded and you kind of want to keep it that way. Um, where it goes in and pushes on it. So if you do kind of grind it off, kind of round it off again and, and make it smooth because it will affect the feel as well. Uh, so, uh, that, and it's easy. You, it's hard to make them longer. It's easier to make them shorter just by kind of grinding them down, but do it in really small increments because it doesn't take much. And it, and believe it or not, a lot of times it will make, well, it can do it both ways, just depending on the, the leverage ratio. It can make the pull e- either lighter or or softer. And then uh, someone says uh, spoke covers are the worst aftermarket product ever. You run in spoke covers, Logan? I have on one bike. Uh, explain. And it was bought in that way. Oh, you, so, you bought you bought it that way. So you didn't have to install them? No. Did you buy it, it from a, a fit bike? Did you buy it from a freestyle guy? No. 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 A prompt guy. Prompt guy. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't sell it to you. Um, and you know, Jimmy, on those levers, the f- uh, ASV does make a lever that actually has a little dial on it that you can change where it, uh, the reach is on the on the clutch side too. Right. Well, well, the KTM ones all kind of do that. The KTM okay. ones have a very easy adjustable thing, but I think the ASV one actually changes the position for the for the leverage ratio a little bit, also. Um, or is it, no, or is the, it sort of like a stock one, KTM yeah. one? The arc ones actually, I think they have different um, settings and different uh, little cams you can adjust um, the the way it pulls and how it engages. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you on that on that front. So there's this thing called Rocky Mountain Engineering that makes a, an easy pull lever. I'm not a big fan of it just because of the shape of the lever, and and I and frankly I don't it 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 makes the it makes the pull like kind of too easy and alters the the feel of the clutch but a lot of people really like those but check out arc's website because they have a lot of uh they have a ton of uh different options and stuff for this they the the they go overboard in designing levers and that's why you see them on a lot of the factory bikes so chris real says a reed valve pressure activated oil pump <laughs> uh I don't know what that was. Uh, I don't know what that was on, but I imagine there was um, reed valve pressure activated. So I think you're not talking about a Husaberg, are you? 
I hope he's not going Husaberg on because the old Husky four strokes and the old uh actually Honda XRs had those for a while, but I think they were backed up with a with an with an actual oil pump. But I think there was a time when they were actually using just the crankcase pressure to circulate the oil inside of the motor. Or it hopefully it's not a it's not like a two-stroke uh, oil injection sort of a thing. He'll probably get back to us on that. What What about boost bottles? I never had a problem with boost bottles. Uh, Were I, they snake oil I, and, or they actually do something? In fact, I kind of because I did it. I did a couple tests with with Yamaha way back in the days where where they're where they're having problems jetting YZ125s, and we took them on and put them on took them on and off. And they weren't telling me that they were taking them on and putting them off. And it always ran better with it on back then. So, uh, I, you know, I'm not really sure why that is or how that is, but uh, it, it ran better. And I don't know what else they were doing, but we were always able to get the bike jetted better with the boost bottle um, on. Uh, Josh Case's rim graphics are the worst things ever. Rim graphics, I think, might protect your rim a little bit. Uh, so Vor had one early Husky, yeah. So he's talking about the crankcase activated uh, oil pumps. <laughs> Vertimani Vor, yeah, Husky say, light, light, uh, very light weight engines is what they were shooting for, even though they were way heavier than the stuff we have today. So what are the the top three? Worst aftermarket products uh, riders buy and why? Worst three. I'm going to go. Loud exhaust. Just open loud exhaust. That's my number. It's a pet peeve I have. Most guys buy it just because they hear the power. They don't feel the power. And they they never really even do any kind of substantive test that they just think, Oh, if I make it open, it's better. It's like, why don't you just cut the muffler off then? I mean, if you're going to, it's cheaper, just cut it off and you're going to get the same sort of thing with some of the mufflers that some of these guys, just the super open exhaust. So that's number one on my list by a long shot. Uh, what do you mean? Number two, number two is, is guys that buy ECU units that uh, reprogram their bike and they ride it in an area where the ECU is actually worse than the stock one. In other words, they're riding it kind of in this lower RPM range where the stock bike is really good and tractable. And they buy an ECU that they probably never tuned it in that dyno range and it flutters and, and then comes on kind of aggressively and uh, does all kinds of two two things. So that's my second one. And my third one, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to think about this and you're going to go with your number one worst aftermarket product. I would have to say guys was at the track that run race gas on stock motorcycles, <laughs> buying a hundred dollar a gallon gas on smells good, but on a stock motorcycle that doesn't really need it. That's probably my number one waste of money. Um, modification. Um, and I would have to agree with you on exhaust pipes because I've noticed very little on most exhausts. Every occasionally, you know, might notice a little bit of a benefit and probably, I mean, this is, this is, 
This is definitely a newer phenomenon. The exhaust on the stock bikes have become so, so good. I mean, back in the day, yeah, an exhaust pipe, and especially in the two-stroke area, you could really um, improve the performance of the motorcycle with with the pipe. And even in the early four-stroke days, there was uh, there was a lot of a lot of stuff going on. But I mean, it just it it really rattles my cage, especially when you know guys are taking, especially you know the quiet bikes, the ones that are good and quiet, and then just putting a loud exhaust on it. You know, it just it's just that mentality. So uh, yeah, I'll go there. Do you have a number three on 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 lock? Uh- Number three would basically be, you know, full vet beginner novice guys that I tell them to buy like a off-road motocross bike, like the uh, XCF instead the of F- the SF. FX. Y- Yamaha, Yamaha sponsored the show, so you should be pimping the Yamaha YZ450 or I would say the, FX. Uh, the FX instead of for, like for 2023. It's going to be just like, let me get this ad read in here. Come on, Scott. we got to, got to pay the bills around here. The 2023 <laughs> Yamaha FX450 is going to be just like the 23 YZ450. So we know that thing's going to have a ton of power and have a, a new handling characteristic that I believe is going to be way better for off-road. So but, I haven't yeah. written it yet, but I'll let you know. But keep but going. There, there's so many vet beginner novice guys on the vet track that would benefit from riding the off-road race bike opposed to the motocross bike. They'd have more fun, easier to ride, a little bit plusher suspension. And I just I, can't, get, can't get these guys to, to believe that, how that comfort and they're going to have more fun riding on a bike that's a little more catered to themselves. We, we need to do a test, Trevor. Uh, we need to do a test where we get the motocross bike and the FX bike and go back to back at a, at a vet motocross track. And do like lap time. So you get the, you get the KX and the KX 450X and the Honda Sierra 450 and the Sierra 450RX or the YZ450 and YZ450FX. Cause I, I really agree with that. I, I had my Yamaha WR250F with the stock exhaust and I was riding it around Washougal at the, at the Alpine stars ride day. It was one of the bikes I had it up there for trail riding. I said, why not? Um, they only had a certain amount of bikes for journalists to ride, but I had some of my bikes, which all happened to be enduro bikes. And I just went out and started ripping the thing around on the track. And, uh, I had a great time on that thing, especially, you know, when you're on a real outdoor track, that's rough and, and it wasn't that rough, but you know, kind of rough and has off-road characteristics. You know, you don't want to be doing super cross jumps and trust me, it had a couple, that I didn't jump because the, it'll run the suspension down, but vet tracks are not designed like this. They don't have kickers and stuff. They have jumps that kind of throw you up onto tabletops where, where, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good thing. So my actually 40 and 50 year old guys that are truly beginners and novices and they're out there riding. And I think they, a lot of these guys would benefit from, they want the motocross name, but I tell them like to hear just, Ride the off-road bike. I guarantee you'll probably be faster and have more fun. Yeah, and you don't you don't you don't have to get stuff changed. It's and these days you can hardly tell a difference just looking at it on the stand. It's it like yeah, take the kickstand off of it, and if you need to switch to a nineteen-inch rear wheel, which I don't think you really need to. Uh, those uh, those those things could really help. So you've you've helped me uh, solidify my third choice. It's uh, guys riding motocross bikes out on the trails. <laughs> so for the exact opposite, <laughs> the exact opposite reason, it's like guys they they buy the motocross bike because it's the it's the one. It's like 
I know we're American and we want to buy a top fuel dragster to drive to work because there's six stoplights and you're going to, you're going to time them and take off out of each one. And, you know, if you, if you drive a twisty road, you want to have a Formula One car or a supercar or something like that. I get this, but do you really, I mean, it's, it's, it's the wrong tool for the job. They, they have really tall first gears. Uh, they overheat because you're using the clutch all the time. The power band isn't set up right. They're noisy. Uh, the suspension's stiff, all the all the right reasons. But hey, bro, you got a motocross bike, so I don't care what your skill level is. Um, I think that's a that's a big mistake that uh, that riders uh, definitely make. I would have um, to agree with you, and I have um, made that mistake a few times over the years. And uh, I took a motocross bike to Saboba one time and just regretted it, and uh, tried to take my motocross bike on a which I thought we were going to the hills to go riding. And I ended up uh, doing trails and it just, it was a nightmare. Not fun at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is coming from guys that know, I mean, if I have the opportunity, if I know that I'm not going to the motocross track, I will not look at a motocross bike for purchase period. Just it's in, and, and, and then, and then for sure, when I'm saying, Hey, I want to do a lot of stuff, those FX bike, those competition off-road bikes make more and more sense all the time. Um, Yamaha, Yamaha Motorsports uh, USA. Let's see. Uh, worst tire ever? Uh, I'd have to say, uh, well, the cheapest and the worst would be the old Xing Shins. That used to be $19 <laughs> I used to get, but they were terrible. Was it the, was it the one that was like a Metzler knockoff? Yeah, it was like, a like the, it had the little seven. It had the little ribs. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I remember that. I've I've they had like that in my dollars, and uh, they would you know the the beads would be all flexy and floppy, and would uh, you know spin the tire and tear the tube up all the time, and it was, they were just terrible. But they were nineteen dollars. <laughs> um, boy, I might get in trouble. I, I don't know. I, in, in Jay and I talked a lot about kind of durability and quality and stuff um, on the, on the last show. And I, I have a, there's a couple of different brands and things that, that I've had really bad luck with. Um, and the kind of current trend, everybody kind of got on this gummy tire thing and some of the, some of the, the less, the cost effective brands brought some in. And they were frankly some of the worst tires I've I've ever ridden. I think there was a Shinko, which I think is a they were they were really, really bad. They but they had one that was good. There was two different sizes. One was actually really good, pretty good, and one was really, really bad. There's also these motos tires. And and I can go on and on about the adventure tires. And there's there's motos and Metis, and there's a couple other kind of brands out there that get they last forever it's like yeah when you make a tire out of concrete <laughs> you know or i don't know what kind of rubber it is that doesn't wear um yeah if you get a super high mileage tire then you're going to compromise someplace and good god if it if you have like we'll call it mixed conditions on the street um those uh those there's some of those. And, and, and frankly, the other problem with the, the motos is I've never, ever had two of those tires that 
were the same. I mean, even when I got the same one, it was like it was like whatever rubber compound went into the mold that day was what it came with. And you got one that was a gummy enduro tire and another one that was and I know I tested some that initially they were actually test tires. They were prototypes or the early prototypes. And I'm like, send me a production one. I got a production one. I'm like, which one is it? And they, they, I didn't get an answer. And then I said, it was, it was kind of like, I think it was kind of a mix. And I said, uh, this one's kind of like wallowy still and another, another one. And then it was a different tire and I just can't. And, and the problem is when you're testing this stuff and they are expecting you to evaluate it and give information out to the public. It's like, I need to test a stock one because I want to have what the, what the person's going to buy so that I'm describing something and it's the same when we're testing, you know, bikes when in the old days, it wasn't, wasn't that uncommon to maybe get a cheater bike from a manufacturer or, you know, one that was, uh, the best, uh, the best, I, uh, best excuse I ever heard is, and this came from KTM was this is the way it should have been. <laughs> it's not the way you're going to get it when you buy it at the dealership, but this is the way it should have been. Cause the suspension had been revalved. And, uh, I, so, I, you know, I'd pulled, you know, I'd pulled bikes back apart, um, back in the day and, uh, they had already taken the split the cases and they had put JB weld and little, you know, crevices. So there's no air leaks and all this stuff like that. I'm like, what? This is crazy. It was definitely wasn't a stock stock bike back in the day. They had already had the thing completely apart and, you know, blueprinted and probably uh, checked the crank. And, uh, but that was, I think it's a little bit different now, but that's back when, you know, bikes weren't as good built stock back in the day. Yeah. The quality, yeah, the quality was definitely, uh, definitely a little different or, or it was really the production. I would say that the biggest thing is the production tolerances were a lot wider. Right. And, and whether, you know, whether they, they got a final setting, you know, here in the U S and sent it back to Japan or Austria or Holland or wherever this thing went back to. And then it came back and it was like, well, <laughs> this is the way we're doing it. And KTM was kind of famous for actually kind of, you know, really trying to push some of their development over here, which they've done a ton more, especially on the motocross side and then sending it back. And then, and then they just said, ah, we're sending it over there with the European settings, or maybe they just, <laughs> you know, maybe some of the bikes just uh, came off the assembly line that way. I, when I raced for KTM, we would open up the box and it would literally be a surprise. They would ship over bikes, you know, whether it were 125 EXCs or 250 EXCs. And it was a mystery as to what transmission was going to be in this bike, whether it came with number plates or headlights. And I mean, this is definitely the, the old days. Things have changed uh, quite a bit, but what a great time to be in the motorcycle industry right now. Cause you do not have to worry about this at all. Worst grips ever. Oh, well, Jimmy, one thing back to tires, yep. what free tire would you not run? Free tire. Would I not run? If you got a free tire and which would right, brand would right be, now, you know, like here's brand new free here. I say, I'm not going to run that. Is there a tire that That's bad a, that you would not run it? Um, there, yeah. The, so, it's so you you're basically what you're saying is is after I mounted this thing, would I be so sorry that I would actually take it back off? Well, uh, you, that was the kind of with, case. Are, you've already ridden with it, but somebody gave you another one that's free. Is there a tire oh. out there? You don't even have to say the brand. <laughs> you just, you just, do, you do just say exist? no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, and some of the ones, some of the ones I just mentioned, for instance, 
Right. Uh, and then, and then there, there are some tires in certain brand lines that I'm just like, no, no, <laughs> not for me. And I'm, I'm pretty open as to, you know, if it's free, it's for me kind of thing, or at least, you know, I'll try it, but uh, I, it really depends on my financial situation at the time. I mean, I'm willing to go pretty low if I don't have any money in my pocket as to what I'm going to do. And, and, and a new crappy tire is often a lot worse than, a, you know, a worn, a halfway worn, you know, good tire. You know, the square edges sometimes make a pretty big difference. But when when it comes down to like stuff that the carcass does or something I just can't trust, you know, durability wise or it does something crazy weird in performance. Yeah, no. Not going to go there. Uh, grips. You have any f- worse grips? Um, Some of the grips that I used to have had the, some kind of they try to put foam on them and stuff like that. Do you ever try to ride with off road with foam grips? Like the ones that look like the ones that go on lawnmowers? Yeah, kind of like the little puffy. The, the ones that are on the ones that are currently on my Tenere and my Rally KTM 500. Yeah, I, I can't ride with those. You, you're, you sound exa- We talked about this last week. We <laughs> literally, we, I, I, I think we talked about it because it's like you're, you sound exactly like everybody that's never used them. So good oh. on you, Scott, for just blowing me <laughs> out for having those on two of my bikes right now. I, I, <laughs> some of Brenda says stock KTM grips. I don't really have too much of a problem with those. Mm-hmm. Those actually right now they're great because the, the, they're the ones we like the best. They're the the ODI or the um, the uh, the Amig style clamp on grips. I love the clamp on grips now. But th- there was there was uh, the ones that they make them fat, like the <laughs> Preston Petty hex grips. <laughs> Remember those things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you have to go for, if it's not on the market anymore it doesn't uh doesn't come anymore and brenda says the ktm f- grips feel like razor blades well that's what a lot of people like they like to hang on to you know hang on tight any of those grips that were fat and had weird weird shapes uh, for me were just uh i don't even know the brand a- the, the remember when fmf had the 909 brand yeah briefly yeah they had some 909 with the, with they had like a, a hump on it that was supposed to sit in the palm of your hand. It was like a cushy hump thing. And it's like, it's like, I just could never feel like I was hanging onto the handlebars. I always felt like I was on a, on a, on a, what's that? The bean bag. My hand was on a bean bag on top of the grips, but maybe it's because I have small fingers. Which, didn't, uh, Oakley, didn't, Oakley, else. didn't Oakley have a grip that was kind of like the, 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 imprint of a palm or something like that it was like oh is that for like bmx bikes i remember they had like a grip that like almost, like, like your fingers your like yeah, two of your fingers would wrap around these curves right. it, it almost felt like it fit your palm or something like that back yeah. in the day wow a couple of people are not liking the odi grips which are our which were our uh, favorites last week interesting i mean hey you know what Everybody's got a, uh, everybody's got an opinion. That's, that's what's, uh, that's what's good. But uh, brand wise, I don't, <laughs> there was JC Whitney. <laughs> I bought some grips off JC Whitney. <laughs> Just coming to think of it. I bought something back in the day and they basically disintegrated when I went and put them on. And I don't even remember what I used to put them on. Like, I don't think it was even contact cleaner or something like, maybe it wasn't glue, but I remember putting them on with something and they just disintegrated. And that was like, you know, that was my whole allowance I used to to buy those things. Back in the, the day, worst, the motorcycle, motorcycle shop, they used to have like, you know, like the the 
boxes of grips. There were like two bucks to the bright yellows and blues. Those things were pretty much terrible, pretty much good for your lawnmower only. <laughs> Mushroom grips. What are those? I, rem- I, I heard remember of- that. Yeah, I hear that. Um, worst graphics. Like, I think you can go anywhere with this design, uh, quality. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember how crappy graphics were like when they first started, bikes first started really coming with them. Like they would just, they, they would be attached to your pants after the first ride. You'd have to put clear over the top. I remember on my, my KX 125, when I got a brand new KX 125, I put clear over the, the top of my graphics. So they would last at least like two races at Indian dunes. <laughs> well, they didn't, they didn't but, uh, even have graphics until like, uh, I think it was, um, 87, 88 around there. That's basically when the, the graphics craze kicked off from Europe or something like that. They didn't even have yeah. bike this little stickers on the bikes. Yeah, it was just a sticker. It'd say Honda or Yamaha or whatever on the side of the bike. Uh, yeah, and I and, and I'm you know like a a good friend of mine, Briar Halcom, like was started Factory Effects, which is one of the right. early graphics companies. I think seat I think seat racing got into that too. They were making the safety seat before there was a a seat that went up onto the gas tank, and well, I that, think that they started no, having yeah seat made those C E E T. Yeah, see, yeah, would go up there, and uh, that was always a uh, Scott shreds all of his graphics off. Says uh, first turn films. Now Donnie Bales. <laughs> That's Donnie. He's the he may he may have been the first one that agreed with me when I uh, when I mentioned I got to find somebody for the worst ever show. You haven't oh. really gotten yeah. You haven't started just going down the. You haven't started driving this <laughs> down too far yet. Uh, nervous energy from being, you know, being on uh, the World Wide Web with uh, dozens of people watching me right now. D- dozens. Let's see, dozens. sixty-seven. Sixty-seven okay. people on the one on the one platform right here, right. live, and uh, thousands, literally, hun- maybe hundreds of thousands tomorrow. Like Australia's just waking up right now, and we're big in <laughs> Australia. I've seen the, I've seen the numbers. They're going to come on and start. You know, telling graphics started when plastic tanks came along. Yeah. Let's see. Utah Desert Rider says old stock suspension on any XR back in the day is not good. <laughs> I, I would agree with that to a certain extent, although I can't tell you how many hours I logged on an XR 200 before I even knew that you had to change suspension fluid. And when that stuff came out, I tell you what, that was a there was a smell that uh yeah you not want to uh ever reproduce i would have to so, say also um meyer uh aftermarket plastic it was uh, so they were bad. one of my sponsors back in the day Scott. it never it never fit you had to drill your own holes for the drill your the old holes, holes. yep and but it just the stuff that on my YZ 125s, they used to make me extra thick. They could actually use a, a thicker sheet when they laid it up over whatever their form was. Cause it was just like they took a sheet and they laid it on top of something and stretched it into place. They would make me extra thick stuff so I could just blast through bushes out in the desert and it wouldn't affect anything. Like the handguards they used to make me were insane. They were just, they were really good. But 
and and the good thing about that is like literally no graphics would stick to it. So whatever the plastic they used, it was it was porous enough or something. So that they, uh, yeah, and they they made me you know pink and blue, my favorite colors. It actually have on the bike at the same time. Logan, is that okay? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Skinny I, I also forgot guy. to mention like the the uh, aftermarket aluminum subframes that some people built that just <laughs> never ever fit. I think it was AC Racing. Oh used to build uh, aftermarket aluminum subframes and they just nothing ever lined up. <laughs> I, yeah. I never, I never went to the, had the need for an aftermarket. I mean, you could probably still get them on Amazon. There's probably, probably somebody that makes this kind of stuff on Amazon that it's just like, it's probably a universal rear subframe for a motorcycle. <laughs> and you just, you just buy it and it has like a flexi piece. It's like, it uses the, the same kind of, well, it probably is the same hose that you use to connect your, you know, your water heater. They probably use that to actually get it to connect to the, uh, connect to the, uh, frame. <laughs> Man, a lot of people have graphics companies that they don't like, uh, Josh KK style graphics. That was, I think a KTM deal. Cause there was a whole K style line that was before hard parts. And then MMF. <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, the Oakley Type Three grips that you complained about, Scott, just to just yeah. to have you know this, uh, they're going for five hundred bucks a piece. Oh, geez, on uh, eBay. Or, yeah, someplace. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's that's that's, that's the way it. That's I the think way they were going. very. I think they were very short lived. Maybe they're like collectors' items. Uh, worst chain. Do you have a worst chain? Uh, brand wise, no, probably some weird, no name Czechoslovakian. So if, it, or- if it had, if it had two or three letters and it came, it came from China and you could get it for half the price of an RK or a DID, that was the worst. That was the yeah, worst. I would, I, still, and- I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do chains or <laughs> no, no, that's something I would not so, so- keep out on. And there was a time when some manufacturers started specking their bikes with some of these chains and it was adjust every ride or maybe even halfway through the ride sort of thing. And they never, they never stopped uh, stretching. So yeah, chain is something you don't want to skimp on. Like, cause it's not only going to wreck your chain is going to wear out quick. It's going to wreck your sprockets too. Like as they wear, they try to wear the sprocket out as well and chain guides and all the other stuff that uh, can be worn out pretty easily so i'm gonna go with uh go with one more uh here and then we're gonna go ahead and take a quick little break the yeah, worst one more sprockets too. oh you got one more what uh worst product it was uh aluminum two-stroke exhaust pipes oh <laughs> so so i i worked a lot with a guy at factory pipe uh, up in Northern California, trying to get those, those to work. And there, there's something there literally. And I, and, and I've been talking, I've been trying to find someone that's, that's willing to endeavor down this crazy path, because I think now with the fuel injection and, and the electronic power valve controlling the power valve, there's something to be done in, in pipe slash power valve management that could make two strokes even better. But and it could be something to do with the aluminum pipe because they they did do some weird things as far as the way they resonated. And uh, I don't I never I never got to the bottom of it because they were hard to 
produce and I can never actually get enough of them with changes quick enough to actually learn uh, what they were doing. But yeah, <laughs> interesting one. They got um, really hot too and they would just burn everything. <laughs> they held the, well, they cooled they off. They held the too. heat. Yeah. Well, I don't think they, I don't think they, I mean, I don't think they held it. I think they just transferred it better. Maybe. You know, like when you actually touched it. I, I'm not, and I'm not really sure why, whether it was a bigger heat sink because it was thicker material, but that's a, that's a good, that'd be interesting to kind of go down that, uh, go down that path. And, and then when they got hot, they dented pretty easy too. <laughs> um, they definitely didn't hold up like a steel pipe. Where's Sprocket? Um, don't have an actual Remember? brand other than actually that, brand on those. They used to have those funky steel ones with the offset uh, teeth that I was always afraid to run. That's okay. That's a Sunstar. Started. That's a that's a Sunstar stainless steel sprocket. Mm-hmm. I got one as a test sprocket back in mm-hmm. I'll tell you 2001. It's still on one of my wheels out here that I use. Really, it's it literally it's funny because you look at it, it's like Swiss cheese. And, and, it, and we talked about these, I think even last week we talked, you know, the teeth were a little bit offset. So there was yeah. one in the middle, one off to the side, one off to the other side, and it alternated. And uh, yeah, it uh, uh, it actually, believe it or not, it actually really works. I don't know about the wear on the chain, but I haven't really, like I said, it's still on one of my wheels and I haven't taken it off. So it's. <laughs> It's pulling duty. You know, I run these DDC sprockets that last forever. So I do not have to change sprockets very often, but uh, the things made the, uh, made the cut. So with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick little commercial break. I'm waking Logan up from his nap. We might be taking that break because I'm pretty sure I know how to do it, but I'm not. Yeah. You, you push, you push one button. Matt said that this whole show requires you to push three buttons, which yeah, you're getting overpaid for doing that. But uh, Logan, well, uh, nice to have you back in the in the in the thing. I'm sure uh, some of our viewers remember you. Yeah, Jimmy, you're about this tall back then. Somebody uh, wants to know how to buy a T-shirt from you. Oh, I I actually worked on making the the T-shirt order form today, so we're closer than ever. I, when we come back from the break, I'll talk about this. And uh, Logan's ready to push the button. We'll see you in a couple minutes. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before, and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, All of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty, and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM, and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. I was just catching up with my social media. I do it once a week. Yep. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. 
My name is Jimmy Lewis. I'm here with Scott Hoffman, also of Dirt Bike Test, and uh, Logan Tyler. Logan yeah. is uh, pushing the buttons over here, producing what we call producing the show, which means you show up late, you do a half-assed job at pushing buttons, and then somehow or another you get paid a little bit. Yeah. What's Matt paying you? Good? Good? He's giving you what he's getting? What's, Last time he did. He's not cutting. He's not taking a cut out of it? I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to talk to him about this. Hmm. Uh, so Asher Lito, how do I purchase one of these awesome Tech Talk Taco Tuesday shirts designed by JB Black? I'm going to, we're going to start pimping these things on the internets real soon. Uh, on all of our social media channels, we'll definitely probably talk about it for a couple weeks on the show. Probably I'm thinking, I'm thinking that show 200 might actually be a big show if we don't get canceled for doing this show. And then, uh, and then who's we'll gonna, have who's some, gonna uh, who's going to cancel it? Yeah. Who's going to cancel you? All the networks. Oh. Yeah. All the networks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jay Clark might not be able to come on to the, uh, the worst bike ever discussion. He sent me a picture of him conked out with a baby in his hands, or maybe somebody else sent me a picture. of that. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see how this goes. I think he's out uh, of state. Maybe right I'll text him. Yeah, he, he can't go. He's uh he's got a baby and he's got to get up at four. So yeah, well, thank God I don't have any of those babies. Yep. Um. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll promote these shirts. Uh, it's going to help support the show, and they they are cool. Then it's really comfy and all the things that a t-shirt's supposed to be. I'm going to become. I'm just going to become a t-shirt uh, site. <laughs> so I should do a worst state and country for riding in huh that's a good one hmm. scott worst country you've ever ridden in um sure. i haven't ridden in that many countries so i can't say i've ridden off road so i don't have the the wide span that you do but uh it wasn't easy riding in uh in uh australia i should say oh really yeah hmm. Well, because yeah, we went to go do a supermoto race, and of course we showed up, and uh, the stadium that was supposed to have the race canceled it, so they had to move it, you know, to some other place last minute. So that was my riding experience in Australia. Yeah, I think uh, I, it's funny because I had the same experience. I went over to ride in enduro in Chile, and I managed to get kidnapped and ended up being forced to race. Uh, we we'll call it arena cross which is the farthest thing from Enduro. But uh, yeah, I did, did that. But then I got to ride and cross the entire country, which was beautiful and brilliant. So good things happened there. I, the state for me is easy. It was, it was Oklahoma. <laughs> and it's because where we rode at this John Zink ranch was just all shale and rocks. It was just, it was just shale and rocks. And and when, then when it got wet, it just wore out every part on the motorcycle uh, brake shoes, chains, sprockets, bearings. Uh, you know, who knows what happened if it went through the air filter? Like it didn't happen to me. So, uh, yeah, that's the worst. But country, I'm trying to think what country really sucked. I've been to a lot of them. I'm going to go. I know Germany, easily Germany, because it could be brilliant, but it's like, it's just like California, Brenda, Germany and California. Well, California is trying to catch up to Germany, but it's illegal to ride off road in Germany. It's so hard. You have to go to, you have to go to literally East Germany to be able to ride off road, 
or go to another country, you can't even start up a dirt bike there without getting in trouble. It's it's that literally that bad. So uh, California, look, uh, look no farther than Germany for where you're where you're headed. Uh, so <laughs> good. good uh, what, how, where, how, where's um, the Pahrump open rocky desert compared to uh, other places in the world? Oh, this, this, the, 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 yeah, the rocky part. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as, it's, it's a little bit better than Oklahoma. There's, but you just stay away from it. There's like, you just stay. It's kind of funny because when it just goes, and this is kind of like a lot of the, a lot of desert, when it just goes to complete rocks as opposed to dirt rock, dirt rock, dirt rock, at least there's some sort of consistency there uh, that you just sort of, you know, you become adapted to, but like plate rocks and <laughs> that are slippery and, and shale dusty. I don't know that I didn't have fun in Oklahoma. I, I imagine some really good places to ride there. Uh, I just, I just missed them. And then there's a lot of States that are just completely flat with really no redeeming qualities that I never even bothered to ride in. So they don't even rank. So at least I rode in Oklahoma. Uh, well, worst aftermarket plastic, Scott, you uh, called that one. You you said Mare, Mare Plastic. They're still in business, by the way. They make a lot of ATV and UTV stuff. Really? I, Probably indestructible. Right. I don't think they didn't make any modern motocross or dirt bike stuff anymore, though. Yeah, probably not. They might make a handguard or two. Who knows? Hmm. Uh, maybe they do some vintage stuff, some Probably. vintage uh, bike things. Uh, who knows? Uh, worst piston. Do you have a Do you have a brand? Um, back when I first got into the, it was always, uh, people called Wiseco Seasco, but that was back, back, back way in the, in the, uh, early eighties. So I don't, I mean, I always went with OEM, but, um, that was always my, I had a couple of Wiseco issues back in the day from, uh, you know, sticking pistons or whatnot. Yeah. I, I had... I, I remember like the bikes I seized, I seized KX80s and then YZ125s are the two bikes that I had problems seizing. And I seized, I think, every kind of piston in it. But but I also, even back in the day, and it was funny, I had some Wisecos that lasted a long time and I had some that didn't. And uh, so I think it was, I mean, maybe it was production tolerances or qualities back in the day, but that was that was definitely one of the things. And and, you know, people talk about it. it's like, oh, yeah, everybody had the Wise Coast stickers because they send you contingency money. They sponsored all the series and things like that because they were definitely selling a lot of pistons. But I'll bet you it was just like today where you only heard about the bad ones. Right. You know, like right now when you when you see something break on the Internet, everybody, you know, one guy shoots a picture, puts it on his post, 20 guys copy it and say, hey, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. And it's like, oh, did that happen to you? No, no. But I found this picture. And uh that's kind of the 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 take on, on that, but there weren't a lot of options. There was in the in the seventies, so, eighties. Yeah, well, well, even today. I mean, today we were talking about last week. You know, so so you have so you have Wiseco, you have JE, you have Vertex. Um, there's uh, what are Wasner. the what are the ones that comes? Wasner, yep. Wasner, whatever there. Yep. Uh, do you have any? Let's see. I'm trying to think of. I mean, there's a if you and then of course there's stock and there's Pro X. Mm-hmm. Pro X has stuff, um, and and then you you can find twenty different kinds of pistons on uh, Amazon too. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> those could be the worst pistons ever. I guess I because who knows where it's coming from, 
it probably says piston for motorcycle and it's just like one size fits all which yeah, yeah. some of <laughs> some of the worst aftermarket parts are probably unknown products on ebay or amazon that's a mystery product don't buy it yeah yeah like i just give you some of the shopping advice that i have on there you know look at how many customer reviews are there and if it's under like 200 <laughs> be careful because yeah. it doesn't take long for a company to uh, have 200 reviews written by their by their their people. I mean, you could write it's great, you know, 15 times and post it under different stage names, or you just hire a company that does this kind does this kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I I still do have a pipe I got off Amazon on a CRF 230 that's uh, still still holding together amazingly it's a it's a full bbr knock actually it's a bbr slash pro circuit knockoff so much so that it was so loud when i got it i actually took apart a pro circuit pipe and put the end the end piece the cap and the end piece in because it it had a the end cap was literally plastic and the pro circuit one just bolt bolted right in there with metal <laughs> So, um, not most people just have a, you know, an extra pro circuit laying around to, you know, update their CRF 230 pipe, but that was the option I was dealt. Um, okay. So, um, worst suspension mod. Um, for me, it's always any bike that I've ever ridden is lowered. I've never liked lowered suspension. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would tend to agree with the, a good portion of that. I've ridden some bikes that were lowered properly, and they did it. They did a really good job. Um, I, I want to say, guy, I've tried a lot of different, like, kind of weird, you know, weird things from contractive suspension. You remember that? I actually that, felt that, like that worked, and that was a that was actually lowered. Believe it or not, that lowered your uh, lowered your suspension. And it was kind of like those those inertial dampers. Remember those? That would do some stuff, but I always thought it was positive, especially for for Supermoto of all things. Um, what other suspension parts? Uh, even those, even some of those air chambers that you would bolt on the front forks were actually pretty amazing at what they would what they would do. I think a lot of people would maybe like to say air air forks. You're, you're not a big air fork fan. No, no, I had a bad experience on my 2013 Honda and I chased my tail and never did get it working right. But later on, they got them working right. The PS one fork, but I, I fought my motorcycle that entire year and I finally got rid of it. Yeah. Um, God, bad suspension product. There was some, there was definitely some goofy stuff that people came up with, but I, I'm, I'm drawing kind of a, drawing kind of a blank right now. Oh, back that. in the seventies, there was all kinds of uh, different forks and whatnot and thorks and, and uh, different uh, <laughs> cantilever suspension, but none of that stuff ever really made it into full production. Why is the motorcycle industry so adverse to trying weird things? Like, look at the mountain bike industry. Like, every week there's a new suspension geometry angle, a different take on a fork, a pull shock, a, you know, a single-sided shock fork or single-sided fork. 
like why why have we homogenized into just one thing other than like ktm and their pds i think it's just we're sticking with what works and they're afraid to make uh huge uh risks and uh end up getting uh you know, you, you make weird sus- suspension stuff and weird gimmicks like, you know, Yamaha tried to do a few gimmicks back in the in the 80s. And it, you know, kind of came back to bite them. And they realized that, you know, we just need to follow the path and make a good motorcycle without trying to do stuff like the bass or a Z spoke or something that's yeah. odd <laughs> that ended up not working and ended up they paid the price for it. Yeah. So first, uh, first turn film says Yamaha Bass, which we talked about right. early in the, early in the show is like right away. It was one of our worst products ever. Right. Uh, I think fork, fork seal wipers. Uh, mm, they're, you know, I don't know. I mean, some of those, some of those, uh, those ones that wrap around, they can help in certain situations and they can, they can hurt. Um, I, I can't really think, but there was a huge evolution when everybody went to monoshocks. All of a sudden, everybody was trying different things like, you know, the Yamaha, the way they had the monoshock that was kind of up underneath the gas tank. And then they started, low, you know, putting the shock down in different locations using linkages. Um, what that like that bike that Hannah rode that Boysen designed the uh, the Boysen link, I think they call it where it was a I don't know if it was a true full floating suspension more so than the, yeah, the more swing arm was actually floating. It was actually on a, on a, had two pickup points on, up on the top and the bottom. And, and the whole, uh, where the pivot point would, would actually go up and down slightly as the suspen- suspension went up. Yep. Yep. So lots of different, uh, yeah. Probably, probably <laughs> the worst design ever was, uh, when, uh, um, Harley Davidson tried to put forks on the as as rear shocks, and they had these weird looking forks sticking down. I think that was like seventy nine or nineteen eighty when they made uh, motocross bikes. Right, drug drug in the ground more than the uh, more than the chain guide. Right, exactly on those things. Yeah, some people like to say the uh, air shock on the BMW HP two, which uh, I take full credit for. Yeah, it was <laughs> the. Uh, I was the fifth guy in the decision process and it was two to two. And I said, air shock, a hundred percent. Yep. So uh, blame Jimmy for this one. Uh, I, I love the air suspension. I, I like the forks. I, you know, I didn't like them when they had three different things you had to check, but I still do like air forks. Worst tool of all time. Worst tool. You have anything that kind of sticks. These, it's kind of funny because, you, you, you know, as much as humans just love to bag on and complain about things, it's so hard for me to come up with like, the I don't remember the worst things ever. And I think maybe some people do. And and I'm not even kind of filtering what I say because we're live talking on a show. But, uh, you know, usually people can remember bad things, but I don't remember bad things about motorcycling. I remember the good things. Like I can tell you my favorite tools pretty quick and last week's show was way easier than than uh than this week's show I, I, have, I think I we needed a little bit more i needed a little bit more prep time to think about uh bad things opposed to good things it just they aren't coming off the off the top of my head about what terrible I, things i scott i, I, I hate that i i think that i thought that you would just have these things on <laughs> on like a list it would just be like a it would be like <laughs> a conveyor belt of just everything bad no I'm, I'm racking my brain and I'm, i can't think yeah. of just a, a myriad list of just mr. terrible mr things. happy here oh i'm un- unbelievable uh worst tool 
these it was easy for me to say my favorite tool i'm just going off my list from last week because i do at least like three to seven minutes of show prep uh before you notice that logan so do i yeah well i i noticed i don't you don't need to follow in my in my footsteps you need to kind of kick this thing into gear are you ready to answer the ask the questions that we have on the list no but i can okay get ready for that because we're going to do we're going to do the question roulette from last time uh the, the worst tool of all time. I, I have, I've, there's, there's something, there's a couple things that are floating around in my head. And uh, I, I think, I think I'll try to remember them, but uh, let's see, Scott, the question is, we had the, had the question last week is where do you get your motorcycle info from? Like when you don't know something, where do you, where do you get that information? Uh, what uh, what decade are you talking about? Let's say 60s, let's say tomorrow. Seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousand. No, tomorrow. Yeah. No, tomorrow. You need to you 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 you've come across a problem with the the KX four fifty that's right behind you. There's something right. that you don't know. You want to get some information about it. Where do you go? I mean, you you just I'll, go to YouTube and search it, right? I'll just Google. go onto the internet and search it, and see if I could find somebody that talked about it and. Uh, Hopefully not somebody that's a, a full media outlet, maybe an independent guy that might have a comment on a, on a chat board or a post or something like that, that something that's not obvious or something like so that. So nobody like, nobody like us, you would not listen to anybody like us. No, I would, but I mean, odds are I might already know the answers of those simple questions that someone might talk about. Um, right. But it, it's usually I'm already at that point where I already know what everyone's already kind of said about a certain thing. And I'm looking for something that has an obscure um, idea or uh, or that have experienced a problem that I've had or whatnot. Right. I, I always I like to uh, I ask that to Jay and the same thing, because we're you know, we, we kind of know a lot of the stuff. But right. when you. You know, it's like it's like how. You know, who, how do you know who to trust? Because like, when I have construction questions or something, I go look in the internet and I, 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 I've developed a tactic, even though I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know whether it's good or bad, but I kind of look and I go, why is this guy giving away, quote, a secret or trade secret or something like that, that, that he's doing? Is he, does he want to be, you know, YouTube famous or something? Of course, that's what, that's what I'm trying to do here. But is you know, you can start sifting through this stuff and it's like guys that are really good at doing what they're doing and they understand it don't have time to make YouTube videos. That's, that's why we're doing this at seven o'clock on Tuesday night. Some, some people do though. I mean, I've fixed television sets that were ready for the trash can. I did some kind of weird search. All of a sudden something popped up and some guy has a video, how to change these little $2 transformers in the back of the circuit board and I followed the instructions and boom, the freaking TV worked. I'm like, why is this guy giving away this information? So there are guys. It's, that, it's a, that well, that, that's, and I think, that. well, I, and it is, maybe that's what we're doing a little bit of, you know, it's uh -huh. like, we feel the, I mean, I, I like, why did, why die with all this information? You know, I, it's like, I want to kind of give it out because every once in a while, you know, the, the best information I give out is when somebody's bike doesn't have enough power. I like to tell them just to turn the throttle farther. <laughs> and it it works, you know, pretty much 99% of the time. So it's like these kind of things that, that people just overlook. Sometimes you just don't know. But uh, anyhow, you, you ready with the you ready with the questions there, Logan? What are you looking at? Are you, you're, looking are you searching at, things you're not supposed to be searching on Matt's computer? No, it's I'm good. looking it's, at previous photos and 
the rooster window uh-huh. thing. And there's a coffin with a oh yeah that's that's uh that's jerry's photo yeah you don't yeah that's a yeah coffin with the motocross track in it <laughs> okay let's let's run through our questions from uh from our last episode because we had a lot of those we'll answer your questions um people who don't live ride dirt bikes have plenty of time <laughs> uh that's that's true too i because i like to spend my free time when it's not 120 degrees uh, riding a dirt bike. Although it got to like 103 or something yesterday when I was riding, which wasn't very pleasant. Uh, Fast Company, www.fastco.com. If you're looking for a way to make your forks work better or you just want more comfort in your handlebars, check out Fast Company's Flex Handlebars because they're awesome. I run them on pretty much every single one of my bikes. And when I'm riding a test bike and I don't have them, I wonder my why my wrists hurt. So, uh, check them out. And by the way, super secret information. If you want to get a seat concepts, uh, discount code, we have one, uh, just email, email us over here. You have to figure out what my email is. It's not that hard. And uh, I can hook you up with seat concepts, discount code. So let's go to the questions, Logan. What question? I'll start right at the top. (laughs) The, this is the best thing is like remember when you were learning how to read and we were making you do this yeah have you improved probably not probably not or okay the the the, the panel of judges which is the entire audience right now is gonna is gonna let us know let us know how logan's doing on his reads if you if you want to see if there's any improvement just go back to episode when did you start around here around 30 or 50 30 or 50 uh, he was sitting over to the side of me here where, you know, where he's behind where Scott is. I was he, sitting right here when, when I first started. Oh, at the, yeah. We were at that studio, the yep. one that was right down the, the road. Yeah. So you're, you're comfortable right over there. Yeah. Yeah. So he was about, you know, he barely chin up on the chin up on the table. And this is how he got his career in the internet started. You're, you, you, everybody's following you on the, what are you on now? Chattagram or Instadog pony pod talk thing zone. I, what do you, what do you, where are you at? Uh, I don't know. Does I your sister manage your social media account for you? Cause she's outside, she does, right? It's she, very terrible. Yeah. She's outside doing somebody else's homework for them right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First question. STM boat. Yep. 500 EXCF is a huge because it can actually deal with the street miles. Not like the 350, which cruises at 3540 in the top gear. I disagree with that. Me too. How fast? How fast have you got my KTM 350 going? I think the max. Yeah, near 100. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, go. That's yeah. what happens when you give uh, a 16 or 17 year old kid, "Hey, Logan, here, ride this bike today." Yeah. What's the first thing you think he does with it when he gets on a dry lake bed? Where does the throttle stop? Right. <laughs> okay, keep going. Uh, when geared for Eastern trails and motor. Oh, okay. That, then he, yeah, I should have let, I should have let you keep talking, but. Gear it up and you have an absolute slug. I went 350 because I needed to do more tight riding and didn't want to get beat up, but boy, for anything else, the 500 is better. I, I tend to agree with them. Yeah. That's why I picked that as, you, 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 did you think I picked a KTM 500 as my favorite bike ever, Scott? Uh, 
I believe it. Yeah. That's probably the most yeah. versatile bike that you can have. Whether it's even, I had a 530 and it was still a really good motorcycle. Well, his internets are going wacky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it us or him? Our yeah. speeds, our speeds. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and, and the KTM 530 is one of the bikes I said was a real that was a that was a black eye in KTM's fleet for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what does Park City Dual Sport say? I'm biased, but Jay is right. Gen One and Gen Two 450X, the Japanese manufacturers for sure are really missing out on the 350 four-stroke and 300 two-stroke markets. Yami is the best position to make them. I need to talk to Jay and talk to the people like it's cylinder works or one of those companies and get somebody to build a bolt on 350 cylinder for a Yamaha YZ 250 F mm-hmm. like that. It just needs to be like the cylinder works kits where you just bought the cylinder and the piston and bolted it on that bike would be insane. So yes, I do. I do agree. Are you better off uh, downsizing a 450 or upsizing a 250? <sighs> I think upside because the gear. you know I you know some of the some of the some really good project bikes as much as we bitched about magazine project bikes being like always you know just the shittiest things some of the shittiest things I ever rode some of the best ones I ever rode were companies that downsized like I think uh, um, uh, LA sleeve made a CRF 400x they downsized a CRF 450X, the bike that we were talking about here is one of the best ones. They downsized it. And that, because the, the YZ250 and YZ450 are pretty damn similar. I don't know how much that lighter crank and everything on the 250 going bigger would, you know, because it's it's really weight feel is kind of what you're going for at that point, having that lightweight bike. I know the power gets in the way, but you're going for weight feel, but um athena sells a 303 cc big spore kit for the uh fx and wr250 interesting um i have to look into this but there there was somebody there was somebody making a 400 kit for the crf 450 a couple years ago right yeah yeah a a 350 based 450 would be interesting thing too i mean it it'd be in reality if it would be really cool. This is this is what I like doing. This is like when why I stick around and keep doing what we're doing is if I ever get the opportunity to try those bikes, if I could get somebody to build me a downsized YZ450FX and an upsized YZ250FX, I would love to do that test, it, you know, to, to find. And then here Flynn says the Red Moto 400RX. See, there's there's bikes out there. There's people that are doing this stuff. Uh, I just don't spend enough time on the internets. I like to treat I won't talk about it right now. <laughs> okay, next next question. MX Engineer One says, "Fun discussion. KTM or Husky 501 are so capable both on and off road. Perhaps you should have picked the best two stroke and best four stroke." I still remember when Jimmy said the 2009 KTM 250 XC was perfect best do-it-all bike and after riding my 2009 ktm 250 xc i could relate to his comments too bad pioneer mobility did not continue with the development 
developer of the upside down Hoosberg engine slash chassis combination. Yeah. So actions, you yeah, perfect. I, I agree with everything you said right there. Hey, so, so Scott, Hus KTM 500 or Husky 501? Cause you've, you've um, both of them. You spent yeah, a lot of time on both bikes. It all depends on what my bias is. If I was going to buy a bike that I wanted to do some like vet riding, a little bit of motocross, I would probably buy the Husky because of the linkage. If I'm going to be mostly dual sport off road, I'd probably buy the KTM. Yeah, I can I can see that. It, the 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 disadvantage of the PDS is I don't think it has as a wider range of a single setting cannot span the same range that a linkage setting can. If you right. need to have that answered, that's a that's a nugget for uh, for John to pull out. That's a really quick little nugget of why the difference between linkage and PDS. Uh, but if I just wanted a pure dual sport off-road bike, I'd probably pick the PDS. But if I was going to do some Grand Prix or some track days and whatnot, or even some free riding, I'd probably have the key. I mean, buy the Husky. Yeah, if you only could have one. Yeah, that, if I could only have one. You know, one, to do, exactly. one to do more. Right. That's the way you would go. What does Moto Minded 5275 say? I'd say 2016 500 EXCF before the update. Large rear shock, great fork, solid engine, e-start plus kicker. And remember when I was, well, you won't remember because you weren't here. You didn't listen to the show, Logan? What? Last week's show? I did not. You did not, really. It's not on your on your top 10 playlist for listening to podcasts? It's not. Um, not really. Uh, even after you were a co-host, you don't even watch the show you were a co-host of? I like fiction podcasts. Fiction podcasts. Yeah. Well, some people say that what I say is fiction. Yeah. So maybe I'll just go with that. And uh, <laughs> hey, um, so last week I said that when KTM went from the 2016 to 2017 and on, they made they got eight pounds less motorcycle. They it dropped weight. And this is what I was kind of referring to is there was less motorcycle, less kickstart, um, little things. I I think the performance actually went up, believe it or not. And most people will disagree with me on the on the on the shock and stuff. I think you can get more out of the shock and the fork on the older bike if you actually start modifying it. But stock for stock, the settings stock on the newer bikes have become better. I stand by that. I know this because I, I have those bikes. I've ridden those bikes when they're brand new. I have modified ones. I've done all this stuff. Um, the internet disagrees with me, especially guys that get stuff for free and modify things. But if you have a specific target, you can make, it's easier to make the old stuff work better than the new stuff, just because there's more stuff in the old stuff to work with. But uh, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the KTM 500 nugget that, uh, John needs to pull out like what makes an older KTM 500 better or worse than a new KTM 500 at U2's FE 4x43 what do you think early CRF 450X and YZ 250X with with those two bikes in your garage you could do anything uh you can't go on the street <laughs> uh scott any comments on that um not really but coming from a guy from you that we could ride an xr 400 anywhere and do anything so it, it's hard to have you have you for you to have an opinion 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was still working up. It's, I, um, I, I poured a little glass of, uh, of uh, Dos Artes um, Blanco to help me uh, formulate my uh, worst opinion. bike ever opinion. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it hasn't started working yet. Hmm. But uh, in New Jersey, New in Jacuzzi 2010. The best bike ever made was the Honda XR600R. You couldn't break it. Almost zero maintenance. Hold on, that's 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 NVMC Rider eight seven five. Oh, yeah. eight six four seven five. So keep going. On the climbed like a Sherpa, even when it was ten years old, it could still win Baja. Still in Baja. I disagree with that statement. Uh, I, I have a, I have some background in that. I might have some thing. Baja changed quite a bit between when the XR650 was winning and when the CR450X started winning. And trust me, you do not want to try to ride an XR650 at the same speed you ride a CR450X in Baja at this time. I have an XR... Yes, XR600R. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's even worse <laughs> now now we're talking a 15 year span no uh best bike ever made at the time no the honda xr 600 was never the best bike ever the, the the true statement is you couldn't break it almost zero maintenance and it climbed like a sherpa no it didn't <laughs> it was still 300 pounds uh yeah when it was 10 years old well, from birth date XR600 to last year XR600, it might have still been winning Baja. And I might have been the guy on the bike that did it. I think I was I was the last guy. I think they might have won it one. No, I might have been the last guy to ever win it on the XR600. So, yeah, interesting. I have to well, remember Jimmy, my brains your, a little bit. What was your better. most fun bike last week? The most the most fun bike ever. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a Husaberg 650 or a Husaberg 570. And and you you got to ride the 650. Did you ever ride the 650 that I built for that I had as a long-term bike at Dirt Rider? We ran it in 24-hour. I don't know. I rode your Husaberg a few times. Five, that have now 570, blue. the the newer right. one. Right. Yeah, the the so in in it and it really it's all about power. And and for the amount of power, the lightweight and the agility of the bike, um, there's nothing that puts a smile on my face like like that. Like when you when you have traction and those things hook up and they climb hills and you can upshift on hills when 450s are downshifting and just I go on and on. It it it. But then at the same time, it's like how much fun do you want to have? Okay, give me a YZ125. Just give what? me my YZ1, my 2005 YZ125 that's sitting in the garage that I had more fun on this year racing the Hangtown Invitational for old fat dudes on 125s, even though they brought kids in there. Um, ripping the sand track when it rains. Like when it rains next week, I'm taking that bike and I'm going to go out and rip the sand tracks around here. And and I have I cannot have any more fun than that for the exact same level that I can't really get the throttle wide open, but on the YZ125, I got the throttle wide open and then I can think about everything else that's going on. So those more, are more those fun are than uh, 10 buddies on XR100s. 
Oh, monkey crow. Racing, uh, <laughs> racing the race around the lake with like 25 guys on XR 100s. Uh, yeah, that's it. it yeah, there's that was well, one of the most fun keep, races I, I've ever done in my life. Keep lowering the power level of your motorcycle right. and bring in more buddies on similar equipment, and the fun goes. It just it's a it's a ratio, an exponential ratio that that cannot be replicated. Yeah, I remember that race. I have pictures of that. Charlie Flippin was there. Um, oh God, there was a whole bunch of we had a, like 15, we had a whole group 15 of fifteen or twenty guys. Yeah, SoCal XRs. You know who else was there at that day? Remember who was, was a really fast kid on a mini bike? He was on a Suzuki. I don't remember. Travis Pastrana. Oh. So Travis Pastrana was at that race. And I remember Tony Alessi had told me about this kid. And when he came around to lap us, because it was we rode the mini bike race, of course, one of the races we rode, uh, I decided I was going to stuff him because <laughs> he blew right past us going into a turn. I'm like, I can outbreak anybody. So I ran him, ran him up wide and he didn't know like what the hell was going on. I, I just remember the reaction and I, I got him. I blocked him pretty good and he wouldn't, he wouldn't lean into me. He was just, he was a kid at the time. And uh, so, so, and we were kind of going into that back section up into the trees where it was a little bit more technical and he would, his bike was so much faster. He was a little tiny. He was a fly in the back of this thing. It was so much faster, but I could take a really bad line instead of rail on the berm and just cut straight into the main line again, <laughs> like three or four turns. I just remember thinking this kid needs to let the clutch out more. <laughs> so, but, uh, so, so is how much, uh, my techniques work. Uh, okay. What's our, we have another one. What does NJ and N Jacuzzi say? Twenty seventeen through twenty eighteen KTM two fifty slash three hundred XC carb. Reject it, done. More torque than any other bike. Electric start, kickstart, six gears, linked linkage, excellent chassis, balanced motor, will outlast any four stroke in Enduro. Four strokes, meh, four stroke winning races, losing my life. Losing <laughs> I have a hard time arguing with that because I, I see where he's coming from. He he's he's got a bike that's simple. Mm -hmm. It's it's like I said, it's carbureted. There's not a lot of electronics on it other than than a than a than an electric start system that that if you don't pay attention to it, it can wear out. Um, when did when did KTM and when did they go to the counterbalanced? When they went to the counterbalanced electric start motor with a carburetor, those were good. That was that was good. It might be that year. I want to say, I guess it was 2017 ATM. So they fixed the electric starter. So yeah, that's a that's a really good bike, and it's simple. I uh, do not have any, and they last forever. I do not have any argument with his discussion, other than. You know, it's 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 more focused on the heavy dirt bike side, but that's where some people are. They have no intention to go adventure bike riding or do everything like I like I want to do. So it's more like Scott. Like Scott would probably be more of a fan of this bike than than I would. Yep. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, what is Chris? Off, you got to say this name, Chris, Christoph, 
Stefan. Von Sonnen, three seventy nine. Do you want to skip it so you don't get hurt, or <laughs> what? So, so I don't. So I don't get. Oh, you mean butt hurt? Yeah. Like in a bad way? No, go ahead, say it. That Husberg was so bad that MXA didn't even test it. They weren't tough enough to test it. They they did not have the balls to step on a Husberg five seventy. These guys that just ride around Glen Helen, like they probably wanted to keep Glen Helen like hilly. If you rode a Husaberg around Glen Helen, it would take all the dirt off the top of the hills and push it down to the bottom and look like a wasteland. So that's why they didn't test it. Next question. Tom Doe 4295 says CR500R. How many bikes can you name that have more than doubled in price over the years? Scott. Um, almost any of the, the current two strokes from back in the era are they cost more than they do brand new that's what you're talking about how much does a 93 a, a working 93 cr 93 is it 93 or 8 no 80 86 or something like that cr 250 the one that just fits in that class evolution class off you know how much do those things go for these days yeah. Depends if they're, re, they're remodeled or, or rebuilt, you know, five to seven thousand dollars all day long. Yeah. You should talk Crazy. to Jay, you should talk to Jay about that. He's building like three uh I think uh two thousand four, two thousand five CR two fifties right now. From the ground up. Oh, that's a mistake. Well the good thing is they can put they get the the oh the um the two strokes. Two strokes, yes. Yeah, because you can you can get those things cheap right now. I mean, because right. they're all basket cases, but the good thing oh, is there's the aftermarket. The Jeremy McGrath era. Oh, the steel frame ones. Yeah, no, yeah, steel frame 94, 95, 96 one. Hmm. Nuts. He's what building up and and you know, you're getting they'll get six, five to seven thousand dollars in those things when they're done. It's crazy. You probably buy them for fifteen hundred dollars in a basket. Yeah, but they're probably pretty beat up. Yeah, but you know, like, like that's that's where you know he's he's done really well of figuring out how to do these bike builds. Talk about them. Um, you know, when you, I think if 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 uh, Logan here or Matt were doing a bike in a basket, and by the way, you want to search out bike in the basket on Dirt Bike Test. Uh, Matt did a YZ one twenty five rebuild back in the day, and what it taught us was. Unless you're getting parts for free uh, <laughs> or you just have a little bit of money, extra money to blow on a motorcycle, bike in a basket can kind of be a bad idea. Um, decent working bike that needs a little bit of work. Okay. But when you start going bike in the basket, you're probably not going to come out ahead uh, financially. Yeah, but these these uh, late 80s and mid or even early 80s, you try to find a. 82 rm125 83 even a pile of junk they, they want two or three thousand dollars for these things these are bikes that i remember buying my bike for less than a thousand dollars in in uh in 83 rm125 so it's crazy but it was a the theme of uh these uh retro and vintage bike racing right now and these bikes are going for a lot of money yeah, I haven't I haven't explored it too much, but I can I can see I know like I said I know guys are building these things and I know there's certain ones that that have a lot of value because they're they're way more competitive in the class and they were just back then they were we didn't realize how much better they were than the other bikes in the class at the time. Okay, at you know Russell 
Yeah, there's one guy just said he had an, uh, he sold an '83 R80 GS for twenty five thousand uh, dollars. Does not surprise me. That's a BMW um, yeah. kind of vintage. Yeah. If you as many of the the thing is is those bikes are probably out and around all over the place, and it wouldn't be that hard to find one. I have no idea if you can get parts for it, but I'm sure just like the motocross bikes that they're available. Okay, next question, Logan. Uh, Daniel Russell, four two four six says I absolutely loved both my Yamaha. WR400 and WR450. I waited all those years for Yamaha to make an EXCF version of the WR, but never did. Unfortunately, I finally had enough screwing around getting the Yamaha through motor vehicle and tagged. Which means he, he couldn't get a license plate for it, so it sounds like he's in California. Went orange. No regrets, but came on yamaha get your shit together mom always said i looked good in blue well you can always get some plastic and make your ktm blue i think and if not there's spray paint cans um I, yamaha just uh that's just a market that they they don't participate in because if they did it would be the best uh, bike ever um yeah <laughs> yamaha's sponsor of this show I rode a Yamaha WR250 yesterday. I did extreme enduro by accident because I, yeah, I just got a little uh, carried away and went some places that, um, yeah, it ended up getting a little bit nice in the uh, trails, but uh, good times. Uh, we're working on, you know, getting that test all compiled. And I'm going to do a Tenere 700 vlog update for everybody that's waiting for that. It's just a matter of me sitting in front of the computer for hours and hours because I'm not a YouTuber. Not very. I'm good at explaining how my bike works and why I did stuff. But making that video is uh, difficult for me. I need a filmer. How do you get a filmer to follow you around all over the place? You pay them. You pay them. You pay them. Yeah. Like, then, then they just they just hang out and film you. But how do you make money on the backside of that? Because you, you have twenty five thousand YouTube followers, and then they did. Because I tell you what, I look at the YouTube numbers. I know because I know what we get, and all these guys that are YouTubers. And uh, you ask kids today; they want to be a YouTuber, and it's like you better figure out how to get a million and a half followers to start. Hmm. Um. Well, um, Mark thinks I refilled this bottle. That would not be the case, Mark. I actually have a few different bottles of this, and. Even though tonight I'm hitting it hard to try to figure out my worst motorcycle, uh, it's it's this is the real stuff, the real thing. I'll actually bring it back on screen because Scott tried to sit in front of it. My buddy here, my buddy here, Dos Artes. Next question, Logan. Eric Miles says, I haven't even watched the video yet. Okay, hold on a second. Like you haven't even watched the video yet, but you're going to make a comment. Is this the world we live in? You don't listen to the argument and you provide. It sounds like me, the way I just talked before i even hear the rest of the question go ahead if i know jimmy from dirt rider days it's the xr 400 when he left dirt bike magazine they just fell off the cliff and the rest was history <laughs> so i literally had the opportunity to ride an xr 400 that was all cherried out a, a, a friend of mine uh he, he built one for his son and he got it all rebuilt put a pumper carb on it and the whole thing and they actually his son actually started it up and like revved it at me, you know, like thinking that this, the sound would really attract me to it. And I mean, it was 
one of my all-time favorites, but I've lost the affection of the XR400. I don't know why I sold, I think I sold every one of them that I owned. And I, but I did sell a few of them on the contingency that the person that owns it has to sell it back to me if, um, if they ever sell it. So that's the way I sell a lot of motor <laughs> motorcycles, by the way. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. The, the, when he left Dirt Bike Magazine, Dirt Rider Magazine, he is, uh, they just went and fell off the cliff. Of course they did. <laughs> Scott's, Scott, you could probably say that Dirt Rider started going downhill when you left, right? Oh, of course. For sure. <laughs> then, then, then they hired some other kook to run it after I left. I know. I, I, know. I tried to hire you back, didn't I, at some point or another? But you were busy. No, I was, uh, I was. Tires. No, I was editor at large for a while. After after my Supermoto magazine took a dump, remember? Uh, I can't remember. 2010, I, I lost, 2011, I lost control. So I'll tell you the true story. I'm actually, I'm actually, I've I've been talking about this for many years now. I'm writing a book called Monkey Butt Two, the death of motorcycle journalism, and I, I'm pretty much <laughs> going to throw all the blame on Jesse Ziegler. He was the, <laughs> he was the 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 what's the the straw that broke the camel's back is that the right saying for this i was going to yeah. say the matchstick that broke the camel's back because he was a little bit he's a little bit hotter than a just a regular piece of straw but his leaving literally began the demise of dirt rider magazine and not not specifically like jesse was such a a, a piece of gold. Here's the a dose already starting to kick in right now. Thanks, Jesse. Uh, tra tag me on Instagram. <laughs> um, when when Ziegler left, it just like there. I'll tell the story in the book. I'll write the book. I need to get the book done so that Paul Clipper can edit it because he would be really good at uh, doing that. If you remember any of these names, I'm sorry because you're old like me. What does at Eric Miles 1852 say? Oh, he said, that's what he just said. Who's next? Outfitter. Outfitter. My 05 WR450 was a way better bike than the 450X. Two buddies had the X. I had the WR. Mine was totally bulletproof, and they had a lot of issues. I love to hear the explanation on that, because I've, I've seen the other side of that, because I actually rebuilt an 05 WR 450F. After a certain amount of miles, Mexico miles too, by the way, where they're kind of, you know, where the X's were designed to run. But uh, there might have been some dirt sucking involved in that bike getting rebuilt, but it did have a lot of miles on it. But uh, interesting. Yeah. And what does uh, somebody want to know? What does Jake want to know about the WR450F? Keep waiting this bike, wanting this bike, but cannot find the ECU and Wi-Fi module in stock anywhere. How do I get my hands on one? I've heard the subject, uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm checking in because I think that the we're checking to see about the units we have on my test bikes because I was able to get them and they may actually be like from an early earlier year model because there are some slight little glitches with them. Like the bike, you have to do a long hold on the kill button to get it shut off, which is um, should not be normal. And then also my fuel consumption gauge doesn't work properly in the in the dash which also shouldn't be an issue so uh, i'll look into that i'm i'm actually looking at it. i made a call today to look into that and i haven't got a question about that so 
Okay, so, uh, let's do Rooster Endo. Okay. Rooster Endo is brought to you by Taco Moto. This is the segment where we talk about your motorcycle that you sent us a picture of. Uh, so what you do is you send us a picture of your motorcycle in an email. You tell us a little bit about it, you know, whether you want to talk about the mods or why you did it. Just keep it under 30 seconds of reading, especially for Logan. And then, uh, and then Scott and I will chat about it. And the one that gives us the most enjoyment in the whole show will win a hundred dollar gift certificate from Taco Moto. That's tacomoto.co. They have everything you need for whatever kind of bike you have, as long as it isn't a Yamaha fuel pump to go in your new IMS tank. But they have the KTM fuel pumps for all the tanks, which uh, better. And uh, Flynn825 says the CCUs for the newer WR450s are back in stock at $420. Woo! I did not know they were $420. Okay. Where's our first one, Logan? Do you have? Yeah. How do I see the picture? Uh, well, we're going to put the picture up. Hopefully, it's going to come on your. Do you have a screen where you're watching us? No, someplace? I don't. I'll have to try uh, to. Well, you, up. Yeah, you're going to have to go on to the the YouTube's actually we should have shared the folder with you, but uh, go ahead and put it up on the screen. The, the YouTube in a minute. Uh, either one. They're both the same. Uh, that's good. You got the rooster endo logo up there. That's good. Um, Oh, wrong one. I guess. Oh. There. there we go. It's Adam Henson, Adam Henson, 2023 KTM 300 XCW. The mods are bulletproof radiator guards. Good job on that. Recluse CX clutch, left-hand rear brake, KTM hard parts, KTM hard parts fan, enduro engineering hand guards and spark arrestor cap, the Cherby skid plate and upper fork protectors, ProTech wraparound lower fork protectors, S3 punk pegs, tusk rear caliper guard, Tubeless with Pirelli MT43 and Kenda Parker DT. Nice CNC grab handle and front strap. Public Land Riders front bag, moto seat cover. I actually like what he's done with that, the color scheme. I don't know why, but it's just, I think that looks cool. The, the, the blue highlights he's given that thing. So looks like he's out riding it. Looks like it's wet dirt, which I enjoy. Maybe a little bit too sticky. Um, the dirt's kind of compiled up on the tire. Um, and Asher Lito says this guy is running slicks off road. Well, I would just like to tell him if he go a little bit faster, that mud would fly off of the tires. But then, like trying to get to that speed can be a little sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes you just have to wait to let the, the the moisture sink into the dirt a little bit more. You know what this you know about this, right, Logan? Out here, yeah, I do. Yeah, the donut tires is what we like to call them. But uh, yeah, good looking, good looking bike. Nice photo. I can see the bike. He got the light right. He stood on the right side. Sometimes, Scott, we, uh, you as a professional photographer, um, sometimes we stand on the wrong side of the bike to shoot the photo. And that, 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 that bothers me. I don't know how I learned this, you know, from my uh, elders. But uh, uh, Mark Daniel says it's a roost. I, what do you think, Scott? Um. Pretty good. I mean, he could have got kneeled down a little bit lower to shoot the picture. Uh, he's got quite a bit of disco parts on the bike, so I'm good. It all depends on whether he's really using that stuff or he's really, really going to go extreme off-road. If he's kind of pussyfooting around, then some of the accessories he's got is a little bit overkill. So I, 
I would still think it's, it's, it's I, solid. It's a solid off-road bike, though, for sure. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that somebody else is going down photography lane a little harder than me. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> uh, I, I, like I said, I'm glad he's on the right side of the bike, but I, <laughs> I think it's I, I'm gonna get so rooster endo. That's the question. Uh, I would say it's a roost because it's it's a solid bike. Yeah, good roost. Yeah. Uh, and Josh K says, when you buy a KTM, but you're a Yamaha fan at heart. I like that. That's a, that's a good, maybe he, maybe he's just got a little, little Yamaha WR in his, in his heart. Uh, next one, Logan. And remember, so at the end of the night, Scott, we have to pick a winner. It's the one that gives you the most enjoyment, good or bad. Coming up here. Oh, wow. Thomas West. 2020 no no 2019 Husqvarna TE250i played it in street legal in Idaho OEM Husqvarna LED headlight in the 2020 through 2023 headlight housing tusks and skid plate BPD rear disc guard TPS guard and swing arm tab guard is this is this bike currently listed for sale is there a price at the bottom of this Actually, it's the opposite. He loves the bike, and it's definitely not for sale. Oh, okay. <laughs> a Cherubis frame guard, fastway hand guards, and Evo four pegs, power mod fold out, hand guard mirror, GPR steering stabilizer, Polysport front disc guard, plastic for Jimmy, and swing arm guards, S three <laughs> high altitude head, Flow Motorsports radiator guards, FMF gnarly and turbine core 2.1 enduro engineering carbon pipe guard and slave cylinder guard trailed out to access the recluse slave recluse radius xc clutch ox hydraulic hydraulic left hand rear brake tugger straps front and rear i love this bike and it's definitely not for sale okay <laughs> the questions the questions come quicker than the answers here i where logan have you ridden by there I, have I? I don't know. Oh, well, <laughs> you don't remember it. If no. I did, it would have been with you. No, we but... didn't. We didn't ride by there. That's that's a. Uh, oh, Mark's a photographer now. Midday sun. <laughs> it's. I just. I just sit there and I go. Oh, the first thing I saw when I saw this is like I want to go there, and I honestly don't. That looks like Colorado to me. In all honesty, it doesn't look like Idaho. I know it says played in Idaho, but it looks a little more Colorado. And it's probably a famous peak and I don't remember it because I'm going to blame the lighting. <laughs> so, Scott? Uh, I definitely, it's a good motorcycle, but for sure, I would say that that picture could have been captured at a different time of the day and it would have been <laughs> tenfold better and the impact would have been that much better. Definitely yeah, uh, uh -huh. high noon. It might have been a circumstance that they were having lunch or whatnot, but... You know, the guy likes his motorcycle, you know, better than he likes his photography, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's super good. Um, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with the roost. I actually like, again, I like, I like the, the yellow highlights on this thing. Um, I think it's a good thing. He's got a good list of mods. He's got all the stuff. Uh, seems, seems pretty good. Even the, you know, even the swing arm protectors. Cause if you're riding in, like, if you look up there, 
if you go any higher than that, you're riding in rocks. And if you scratch, you know, cut a turn too tight on a switch back or whatever, like I always hate it when I scratch a swing arm and that's where the, the, uh, the, those, those swing arm protectors actually do come in handy. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going roost on that one, even though, uh, Scott isn't so stoked on his photography. I'm, I get to take a backseat on the photography bandwagon here. Well, if, if I use a few of my strengths, I would have to say that, you know, it could have been a really, really dynamic picture if he would have caught the, the right time of the day for sure. Yeah. And uh, the yep. fact that he spent most of his kid's college fund on building this motorcycle that, you know, <laughs> I might be a little bit. What's of, on the, what's he, what's he got on the seat? What's sitting on the seat? Is that his GoPro? Is his shave uh, kit? Can you, you know how to zoom in on that thing? I get Matt to do my other producer, the the guy who's ditching, like he knows how to zoom in, but he it's likes trunk. Wearing, it's a what? It's a trunk of that tree. No, nope, that's a, no, that's what's that black rock. thing on the seat? That's actually rock. Um, no, that's something sitting on the seat. I don't know. Is this GoPro? Could be. Yeah. There's vibrator. Maybe it's his vibrator. His helmet's on the uh, side of the helmet handlebar too. Okay, next next one. Maybe it's a bird. It it roosts. <laughs> it could be a bird. Oh, it's take your helmet and goggles off the bars. Come on, Brenda. Oh, <laughs> be nice. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait a minute. This seems kind of familiar. Who sent this in? One sec. One second. Uh, Bob. Uh, Samitsky. Oh, poor Logan's not That's as good as that other kid that we pay a little bit of money to. Bob Savinsky. I like Way that he's got, I'd like that he's got some sponsors on there. I'm liking, I'm liking uh taco moto stickers on there. Sponsor of this segment, by the way, tacomoto.co. If you want your bike to be able to be like this, you can go to Takamoto and they can probably get you every part on this bike's catalog. Start listing it off. Original vet owned. Oh, 2017 KTM 250 XCF original vet owned off-road racer. 306 hours, three top ends. Most recent top end included new valves and cams. Bottom end still rock solid. Rotella 5W, 5 weight 40. WP shocks with 540 or 1540? 5W40. Sounds like a typo. Should we call him on that? That's one point off. It's a typo. <laughs> Rotel is generally 1540, but go ahead. Uh, WP shocks with race tech gold valves sprung for a 190 pound rider FMF 4.1 titanium exhaust strap on. Okay. Stop. Hold sprung for a 190 pound rider. Scott, like is that stock springs or is that up one? Uh, KTM that, 350. That's probably Maybe up one. That's for sure. Up one. Yeah. Up one. Okay. Got it. Keep going. ECU remapped by Boyce racing. Renthal fat bars cut down 0.75 inch each side. Midwest mountain engineering levers. Those are the ones I was talking about. Do you, you, if you got big fingers, I think they're okay. Cycra wraparound hand guards, Cycra threaded bark ends, Enduro engineering radiator braces. So that so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm like all like interrupting. You know this? Yeah. You got to get home early. 
What time you got to go to work tomorrow? I have school tomorrow. School? Yeah. You're still in school? Mm-hmm. College? No. No, high Senior. school? Yeah. Oh, I thought you, I thought they kicked you out or something like that. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Online now. Online. Oh, you're online school. Yeah. But you have to show up to online school. I go in once a week. Okay. Just, just making sure everything's good there. So those threaded, threaded bar inserts he's talking about, like if you, if you really want to make your bark busters, your wraparound handguard Sano, that is the way to do it. So keep going. Rear brake disc rotor guard, trail tech radiator fan assembly, trail tech high output stator, 80 watt. Dirt tricks, rear brake returns, spring system, faster USA custom wheels, front and rear tubeless 2.0 system, a Cherry's magnetic swing arm guard, works connection, axle block adjuster, Synco MX 216 MX front tire. Dunlop MX-14 rear, custom fan enable slash disable switch, thermostat controlled enable, Sarai. Wow, we're getting back, we're back to the old days, Logan. What was that word? Sarai. Sarai. But it's also spelled wrong. Okay. Right? You're just reading it the way it says. Yeah. Sarai. 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 Those are the batteries that I use at my school. Yeah. They're really good. Uh, zipped high inline fuel filter, Fastway EXT air foot pegs, Dirt Tricks cam chain tensioner, Dirt Tricks front sprocket and dome washer, Tusk solid bro- brake rotors, Renthal twin rear ring rear sprocket, Recluse torque drive clutch, Recluse clutch cover, Recluse slave cylinder guard, AXP skid stain plate. Pro-Line Funnel Web Air Filter, Coremoto Hydraulic Lines, Acherby's Dirt Flea Straps, Seat Concepts. Are we getting to the end of this list at some point? 2.0 Seat Decal MX. Because I don't want you to fall asleep while you're reading this. That's it. Where's the the price? (laughs) That was a list. So, Scott, I'm pretty sure that this kid, like, none of his kids are going to college at this point. No, but I, I smell um, I smell some G. Clark on this motorcycle. That's why it's so well put together. <laughs> Do you think so? This guy's name is not Jay Clark, right? No, it's what? Bob. But it's it, Bob. but it has dirt Bob. bike TV graphics on it, so I think it's right. Well, you can probably buy those now off. You know, go through, go to his link tree. Literally, go to Jay's link tree. And then, and then when you go there, just make sure you go back to dirtbiketest.com and click on our link to Amazon or Rocky Mountain. And then, and then after you find all the stuff that you want to get, just come back to ours. I'm, he's probably not, he's asleep. He already told me he's asleep. So, uh, cause you know, all of us Instagrammers are just living large off of these big, uh, commissions that we get, but that does seem like a Jay Clark bike, but I kid you not. It could have been a former Jay Clark bike, you know, at one point, former- you know? Eventually, they do yeah. get out into the general public. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, like, he builds these bikes up and he goes through a few of them. He, this, the KTM 350 is one of his favorite bikes. You know, he talks about this all the time and he's a moto guy and he likes these off-road bikes. But mm-hmm. there's there's these little nuggets like the zip tie filter, the, the, the inserts and the handlebars, um, just some of the setup things that he's done to that bike. Or Jay did that bike or however it is. It, it, you know, I remember he's Wiseco Jay and 
but what tires he does not have Dunlop tires on it. So it's, it's yeah, definitely the rear, the it's rear one is step. Tire. It is yeah. a rear. Okay. He's one step removed from, <laughs> from Jay and it has a tire sticker on it. So it's that close. Uh, but that's a, that's a pretty well set up cherry. That one there. Um, not liking the angle, you know, Scott, this guy, this kid named Drew Ruiz familiar with him. Yeah. I think he's a quite the accomplished photographer. Yes. He, he, he always told me never shoot down on a motorcycle. It's disrespectful. No, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not good. Plus she's got a, yeah. a picnic table in the background. Well, it's, he's probably got a ride spot where he's built an awesome table up and they can go out and hang out. It looks pretty good. I'm, I'm going, he's got, he's got a, he's got a stopwatch on his handlebar. Did he talk about that? Or is that his GPS unit that he's using there? Who knows? I don't know. It didn't say. Yeah, it didn't say. It wasn't on the list. You could add that to the list. I'm going just roost. It's a that's a nice that's a nice motorcycle. I'm being nice tonight. Yeah, I would I'm say still it's thinking well, about what it's well thought out, and uh, it's got a lot of stuff on there. But uh, overall, it's it's, a, it's for sure a, a good motorcycle. Photography is not the best, but the actual <laughs> product of the bike is good. Yeah. Okay. What's our What's our next one? Logan, it's, is this our last one or we got two more? We have Good. one more after this. Okay, two more. Here we go. Roger oh. Eddington. I know this guy. I've seen this bike before. Got a 2015 KTM 200 XCW. Rider is 63 years young for a few more days. Weighs 185 for a year. Double take mirror. Hondo garage wireless phone holder with lockable ram mount, cyber bark busters, seat concepts, Woolman mini tank bag, Tusk traverse pannier bags, Electron Billetrude. Billetron, yeah. So I'm already feeling this list is going to be really long. No, it's actually pretty short. Okay. Golan fuel filter, anti gravity lithium restart battery bulletproof design swing arm guard fine line suspension i don't see the the swing arm guard on there i think he's talking about rear disc guard could be okay Just uh point out stock p15 forks point four forty six kg kilograms i think yeah uh, motion pro fork bleeders dingo upper fork guards kenda equilibrium 4.5 18 Michelin bib golden tire 90, 90, 21 with nitro platinum moose recluse clutch and rear hand brake P3 pipe guard tugger, both ends pro system foot pegs, mojo axle guard, SRT radiator guards, XRT rear discard GPR stabilizing system, sick ass signal direction. No, you said this list was short. Um, Scott, uh, sure. Tom, Tom says that we could pass as brothers. Have you heard this before? Um, a couple of times. In fact, uh, yeah. I've even been uh, accused of being you by a, a Japanese guy named Shogo one time. Nice. <laughs> hey, did, did, have we ever told the story about, um, how we went to that, uh, Halloween costume contest? Uh, I'm not sure if we have, uh, as, should we? As, as Siamese twins? No, well, no, yeah. we shouldn't. Siamese <laughs> twins. We, we tied our, uh, our one of our legs together, so yeah, we were, we were three-legged, yeah. literally. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting world out there. We're tolerant. <laughs> um, it's a roost in the background. Says, "Let's go riding." Um, it's definitely. It looks loamy, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks like sand for sure. Yeah, I um, I, it's a it's a it's also a well set up bike. I, I've always been a big fan of the two hundreds. I have one. I actually, I think I sold it. Uh, but I still kind of it's it's in my possession, but I sold it. <laughs> is, is the guy actually um, cutting the front tire off with the picture, or is that just the way you guys cropped it? Um, that is cropped. Oh, so so you're just trying to fit it in the screen. Yeah. So you're wrecking this guy's image. Is does do we get the full tire or are we kind no, of still, okay, Scott, go ahead and let him have it. It's still got oh yeah, we <laughs> didn't place the motorcycle in the, in the middle of the frame and uh and if it's about a so if it's a bike shot, then he's got a helmet on his back fender. He could have got rid of the helmet just to sh- showcase the motorcycle. And like Drew always says, you know, get down a little bit, show more of the bike, show a little bit more of the sky. Right. And if he's leaving that back end hanging out there in the in the wind, so you can see the mountains, I can't see the mountain. Longer lens, longer lenses are uh, it really help out the photo. That was beaten into me as a young young magazine uh, guy. Uh, like, like the bike, like the mods. I think it's, I, again, it's, we're having a really very roostful evening tonight and the bikes are all kind of fitting into the same category for the most part. They're all Good well trail put together. Then there's no POSs yet. I mean, there's no, uh, yeah. I, on no the worst yard bikes, you know, no one's yeah, on the worst. Bike. Yeah. On the worst show ever. We don't have, we, you know, we don't have anything that's just the worst bike. It's a roost in the back and the ground says, let's go riding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last, last photo. Yep. Here we go. And who, who brings us this bike? Gigi, 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 four G's capital G lowercase G space, capital G lowercase G. Okay, so I'm curious, are any of the uh, participants in the chat? Let me know if you're in the chat because uh, that might very heavily weigh on my uh, opinion on which bike uh, wins the Taco Moto uh, gift certificate. But go ahead, Logan. 2004 YZ450F, heavy flywheel, weight, tall seat, Hong Kong foot pegs, light speed. Hong, Hong Kong? Yep. Hong Kong. Got it. Light speed fork guards, CR bike routing. Brake routing, steel braided brake line, Cypress Stadium number plate, newer front fender, Nitro Moose, Starcross, six soft intermediate, Cherby's handguard, zip tie racing suspension, jetted correctly, oversized radiators, Moose Racing 1.8 radiator cap, picture in NM. New Mexico. Okay. There's some sand out there. Yeah. That's some. That looks like some roosting. That's a. That's a place where you need a four fifty. Let her eat. Um. This is a. This is a guy who's getting the most out of a. An older bike, and I, and I like that he's put the new fender on the old bike, only because I've done that with my uh, two thousand and five YZ one twenty five. He's got a two thousand and four. Good to know that those things kind of still fit. Uh, the fact that he says it's. Um, the fact that he says that it's jetted perfectly, I like that. 
I mean, that that's somebody, especially on a four stroke, that's, that's a carbureted four stroke. That's the, uh, you know, it shows he's, he's really good on the bike. Uh, Scott, where are you at on this? Um, pretty solid bike. It all depends if he built it or did he buy it that way. And that's the biggest question too. Photography wise, he definitely could have worked his way on that. I mean, he's in the sand. Could easily just stuck the bike in the sand and it would have propped itself up by itself. I'd like to see more of the side of the bike. It's kind of a three quarter front. I can't see enough in the motorcycle. <laughs> That's why he gave us that list, which actually was one of the shorter lists tonight. And I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, most people will think that just since it's a Yamaha, it's going to automatically win because uh, Yamaha does sponsor this show, right? Yeah, except for we have two of the participants in our In the chat. chat. Okay. So, <laughs> um, really, Mark Daniels says this is the only endo. Why? Because it's blue? We were just talking about how, you know, somebody wanted to have a, have a blue one. Um, let's see. Uh, T flannel says, my wife said the same thing about you two tonight. She walked through the living room. She wasn't sitting there cuddling with you while you're watching tech talk taco Tuesday. I mean, come on. This is a, this is a, you know, it's kind of a couple show. <laughs> Ask my wife. So was she, was she calling you an Indo Jimmy? No, my wife, my wife basically said, she told Jana who you were familiar with. Don't, encourage those guys to take their shirts off because oh. you know we will hey i have some videos i pulled up some old videos from our uh our thanksgiving parties oh, out in the cute. desert <laughs> I, I sent them to brent farrell <laughs> he was horrified 25 30 years ago yeah this is a little little closer than that we had video cameras back then but uh <laughs> so Adam says he's cuddling with his wife. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I would like to apologize to your wife for having to listen to this <laughs> right now. Um, let's see. Uh, who else? Adam Hansen and Roger Eddington are both are. in there. So Roger and Adam are in there. And, and Adam is which bike? Adam is the, he's the re- 300. He's in I the think. three. Was that, was that the, uh, yeah, the 2023 KTM 300. That was the, that was the early one. Okay. And then, and then Roger's actually doing the top end on his KTM 200 as we speak. You know, a lot of people do listen to the show while they're working on their bikes in their garage. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I'll, you know, tell, I'll, I'll drop a bit of knowledge and it might actually help. And most of the time they're just like trying to pass time, which is what this does so scott this is the point logan do you have it do you have a favorite you didn't we didn't really let you weigh in and sometimes we let matt weigh in you used uh, to help with rooster endo yeah and then i kept calling everyone's thing a six and then you kind of revoked that from me a six yeah out of out of ten yeah yeah you you, you gotta have an opinion so uh so logan what do you what do you like um, if it was your hundred bucks and you had to give it to somebody, where, where is it going? And for what reason? This is Logan I, doing what he does best. <laughs> like, uh, that was, that was complete silence. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pass on you. I'm going to go to Scott and you okay. start thinking about it. Cause when I, when I come back to you, you got to talk. It's kind of like the old days. Okay. Got it. Okay. So Scott, uh, where's your, where's your uh, hundred bucks going? Uh, I would have to say the first bike or the give the guy credit for the, the mountain scene in the background. 
by even though it's bad photography. <laughs> so Adam and Thomas. Adam and Thomas, right? Right. So I'm I'm and, gonna and and do, Logan. You're gonna get the, Logan. The, the, here's the best thing. Since you're such an undecided little quiet man over in the corner right now, you're the one that's gonna get to decide the end after I drop my um, my impressions. You're making the decision. Sweet. A sweet. <laughs> So I, I'm gonna agree with Scott on on Adam's bike. I like that. I, I the, the colors just looked good. It looks roostable. Um, I like you know every I like everything about that that thing. It was good. I I like Bob's bike for some of the the things, but I think Jay Clark did it, so that's gonna cost him. Because <laughs> if he bought it from Jay, he probably got a really good deal. Um, check out Dirt Bike TV uh, one if you want to learn more like little tech tips and stuff like that. I'm going to start smoking Jay on tech tips. I'm going to do better tech tips than Jay. So uh, that one doesn't count. Um, I like that Roger's watching and, and his bike was a solid thing. He's putting a top end in that already. So that's, he's keeping that thing running. Uh, and the guy with all the G's in his name, mm-hmm. The the reason that I that I'm a little bit pulled at not just because it's a Yamaha, but he's keeping an older bike running and and he looks like he's put some heart into it. We don't know whether you know like Scott brought up. We don't know he's put a, all of his heart into it or he bought it like that. But I think you know by putting that fender on there, it just it it struck a special nerve with me. And the fact that he said it was jetted right and all the different things. So for me, it's between Adam. And Gigi, of of all things, those are the two. But uh, Logan, you're going to get to make the decision tonight. I don't ever even give Matt this option because he's always dressed kind of sharp. He looks like a salesman. It's between Gigi and Roger. Okay, because I like the uh, how short Gigi was, but I like that Roger's still out there riding. So, okay. Give an old guy, a young guy. So you just you know you just created like a literally a three way tie. If we had to like break this, it's like there's no there's no there's no breaking it. But you, you're gonna go, you're gonna go with you, you're the you're the young guy that likes the old guy still riding. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Roger? He came to the class. He's come to our class I before, think I believe. So. Yeah. I have a hard time remembering exactly, but I do remember the name for some reason. And I like KTM 200. So I'm, I'm not going to, so Logan, you get to decide. I I like Roger's bike. Roger, you are the winner of the Takamoto hundred dollar gift certificate. Uh, so what you need to do is reach out to Matt at Jimmy Lewis Let him know that uh, you won tonight and uh, congratulations, buddy. Um, and, uh, Make sure you put the circlips in properly. That's the important part. Are you you're supposed to send a message to Matt about this too, so he he knows. Okay. Yeah. So because all the other guys will just. How he was, was sixty three. He's like that's like a year older than you, isn't it? I think sixty no. four now. So sixty four uh, at the time. Like 60, Jimmy, how, how how do you, where do you see yourself in and uh, in your sixties riding? Ripping. I'm going to still be sending still it. ripping, still ripping. I, I I'm going to lose some weight and get, you know, get in better shape and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep right. I like, so when we were talking about like earlier, we were talking about getting in shape, which you've done a good job. Um, the, uh, 
like I like I was talking like I've kind of fallen off the chart on this one, but lately I've been having like back issues and hip and and you know muscle issues in my legs and all this stuff. And of course, it's you know number one, just blame it because I'm fat. But we were talking about like what we're doing to to do it, and you were talking about just avoid. What were you doing? I'm just trying to avoid uh, uh, starch, potatoes. Um, carbohydrates and refined sugar for the most part, cutting that out as much as I possibly can. And uh, also intermittent fasting. I don't eat, uh, don't eat breakfast anymore. Usually don't eat till like huh. 10, a, 10 a.m., maybe 11. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I've never been a breakfast person myself, so I can't complain that that's caused my, uh, <laughs> that's caused my problems. But I, I kid you not. The one thing that I do is I get on my motorcycle and I go ride. So, like my, I, I just had a s- segment where I was doing a lot of driving, um, moving, you know, not, not doing motorcycle riding or at least aggressive motorcycle riding, or I was out bouncing through bumps and stuff. I did a lot of adventure riding and I kind of went off the, you know, I like I, my body started hurting. And then the past couple of days I started riding again and I'm every day I ride, I feel that much better. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, we talk about like how good it is, you know, for kids to go riding to just keep them in line. Logan, when you were younger, if you didn't have motorcycles, how much trouble could you have gotten into? Whole lot more. I in I totally agree with this. I tell this all the time when I'm talking to kids or you know parents that are debating about getting their kids motorcycles. It's like give them something they can really go screw around with. And you're going to learn a lot more than you think. But even as old guys, like it, it keeps me out of trouble, it, it, you know, just trouble, like having to go to the doctor and, and, and complain about, oh, I should just go get some pain pills. And now I go riding and amazingly, I, I mean, sure, I can make more pain with bad riding, but do good riding and it's all good. So, so motoring twice a week, Scott. Uh, yeah, this has been something I haven't done in probably since my dirt rider days when before you worked there i haven't ridden <laughs> twice a week for years and i didn't think i could to be honest because I'd, I'd ride once a week sometimes and i would be in pain trying to recover all week but as i got in a little bit better shape i started riding twice a week i'm like i felt better i mean that's i'm not in awesome shape but i'm in better shape so it makes a difference but i don't overdo it i don't ride too much i don't ride over my head and i am getting slower not that I was ever really fast, but I'm, you know, I've slowed down in my elder you, you've, age. You've, you've come to turn. You've come to terms with the speed you can go. Yeah, I know that if I go ride my 75, 80%, I can ride all day. And I'm not going to dab a foot and twist a knee or go over the handlebars or, you know, go over a berm. I just, I know my limits and I just have fun. And I still try to push it a little bit, but I try to stay within my means. Yeah, controlled pushing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. We like I said, we we do show um, uh, stream to one of the uh, Facebook channels where they talk about moto fitness for old guys and stuff. Logan, mm-hmm. you should probably join this thing. Just like poke fun at them. It's just just like every comment that they make. Just get in there and say you're old and fat. That that you that's a winner. Okay, I'm on it. You're <laughs> so. Anyways, uh, hey uh, Scott, thanks. Oh, we got uh, our main question: the worst yeah, bike ever. Bikes. Oh shoot! This this show's gone way long. Oh, it's we're so, it's it's so easy to talk a long bad, time bad about uh, about bad, bad shit. Yeah. 
But this is this is what everybody's waiting for. There was a lot of people hanging on hold, but they're going to have to they're going to be watching later. Like and I know a lot of people are going to scroll right through this. Just get to the end of the show. This is what we're here for. Scott, uh, Logan, do you have a horse bike ever? Um, My Honda big board 50 out to a 70 something. Uh huh. Why was why was that? I could never get it running. <laughs> so you modified the bike beyond the point of running. No, it was a birthday present that uh, was. Did your dad modify it? No. No, somebody he bought it modified. Yeah. Yeah, and it never ran. Yeah. Well, you know, he was actually doing you a favor. He wanted you to learn how to be become a mechanic and fix these things. Well, I was already fixing my other pit bike. Yeah. So I've seen that. <laughs> okay uh scott what's your uh what's your bike and this is not going to give me a whole lot of time to think about mine well my, my my obvious bike would have to be probably a cannondale but i would you say guys that, you were a dirt rider i i begged <laughs> it you were a dirt rider when you guys collectively picked it as bike of the year so keep going so we picked it as bike of the year for its potential and its concept and its innovation before I've we actually, seen a YZ 450 lately. Before we rode the bike. So, uh -huh. <laughs> and after we rode it, and I never did really appreciate that bike, but I would have to say my close second would be the um, 97 CR 250. CR 250. Wow. Really? Yeah, that was a bike. I think I actually picked that as motocross bike of the year at Cycle World Magazine. I don't know. We have to go back and look at that time the frame. First but generation steel frame CR two fifty, aluminum frame. I mean aluminum frame. Yeah, aluminum frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was funny because I, I actually I got along with that bike. I was actually able to make it work pretty good. I kind of appreciated the direction things were going. So. And I have to go back and look at Cycle World magazine. And I think I we we and and if it went by we, I mean mostly me because I was the only one really riding dirt bikes there. Um, kind of put that bike in it it higher than maybe, especially collectively it should have been. But I kind of saw the direction of where everything was going. And yeah, it was stiff, and it there were certain things it didn't do very well. But I, like. That was the aluminum frame future. And I saw that and I, I knew that they could make that work. So good grief. I have to pick my worst bike ever. I, any, I dirt to, bikes, it, any dirt bikes sold at Pep Boys back in the heyday. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to buy one of those things. They have at Tractor Supply. Those, those, uh, what are those things that all the Coleman Coleman's? Yeah. They, they have the gambler 150 where they, they all take those things and go ride them out around in the desert. Worst bike ever. Um, God, there has to be something that just that just sticks out as being horrible. And like, so so it's funny because I used to be a big proponent of XR four hundred, and part of me wants to just that was such a good bike at doing a lot of different things, but it really wasn't good at anything. And then right next to it was the the Suzuki DRZ four fifty, which had it was heavier and it had electric start and it was water cooled and did all these other things. It was the same thing, just different. And part of me wants to go there. And then I can go down the Avenue of all these weird bikes that I've ridden. Mako 700 comes to, comes to mind. Oh boy. Ron Hardy actually. What, what about the bit. first year RMZ 
450 off-road bike. That bike confused the hell out of me. It was so... I fought with that bike because Suzuki would not tell me what it was really for, you know, cause they're the ones that make it, tell me who it's for. And they're like, it's for racing. It's like, well, it comes all corked up and all this stuff. And they wouldn't allow me to modify it, but then they go, Oh no, it's a trail bike. And like it ran like a completely corked up, uh, horrible bike. So yeah, that, that bike, that bike is kind of, kind of up there. And, uh, so a lot of people right now are pumping up the KTM 690 as the bike that I would hate the hate the most and that's another bike that just confuses me because i don't know what it's exactly for but there's got to be something uh i'm thinking like the aprilia 450 twin cylinder bike that i thought had so much potential but it just failed miserably at doing everything it was supposed to be doing uh the there's the there's the husebergs which like when they were easy to work on, they were time bombs. So they were just going to blow up. And then when they actually made them durable, like the, like the, the, the 2008 to 10 ones, if you have to like, aside from doing the air filter and oil, everything else in that bike is miserable to even work on. Uh, so. What about the Vertimani's back in the day? I never wrote any of those. Uh, the, those were, like I say, just fragile ticking time bombs that, uh, who 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 knows any bike is good if it's a bike that you got yeah see if this is harder this is way harder than the the new one um there's got to be something that i absolutely i rode <laughs> i rode one of the first bikes i ever tested for cycle world was a cz it was a modern cz where they tried to get back in the game and frankly those things were kind of horrible um i i tested some little actually i tested a we actually bought a little mini bike that was built in china that was shaped like an aprilia 450 <laughs> and everything tore out of the the frame like the bolts pulled out of the frame the foot pegs fell off of it everything bent that was garbage but it wasn't a real bike i'm thinking of a real a real bike and somebody just put up the Kawasaki Suzuki collaboration motocross 250. Mm -hmm. That's, that's interesting too, but those weren't really, I don't think they were really at the time they weren't that bad, but something just sticks. What sticks out is just an absolute sucker. Can I waffle on this question and hold it till next week? <laughs> I, I really, I want to show that. It's my show. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to waffle with this question until next week. I'm going to think about it and I'm going to come with a good answer. Because if I don't have a good answer, I'm not just going to spout something out. I want to have a really good answer of a bike that I truly think is the worst bike ever. A TM, a Suzuki TM400 definitely fits the bill. Uh, but how like far do you go back? Uh, yeah, exactly. How far do you go back? Because, But I, I think it should be something that that just genuinely was really bad. I mean... I could probably pick on the Honda 250s, the 250 four strokes when they first came out for their horrible valve life and some stuff, but their performance was so high, it almost overrode it. You know, it was just, it was a high performance four stroke. You just had to expect to, to, to be able, you know, to, to modify this stuff. And if you did stupid things like let, like any four stroke, you let dirt through the filter or over rev it, it's going to be a problem. And it had a shelf life. Um, 
Oh boy, how are those BMW G450Xs? <laughs> uh, good, good question. I actually appreciated some of the qualities that that bike had. Not that I, and I, I bowed out of doing testing on that BMW. I knew where my job lied and I couldn't have conflict of interest. So I didn't test one of those things. I knew about it about three years before it ever came out. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to waffle on this one. I'm totally going to waffle and I'm going to come back next, next week with the, with my pick of the worst bike ever. And I'll have a good reason for it. And if you guys want to come on and talk about that, uh, I'd really appreciate it. I like everybody for joining in, um, chatting on the show, doing what we do. Our chat room kind of goes off when you're live and, uh, share it with a friend. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments of the video you're watching. Or if you're on your social platform, just uh, send us an email and tell us how much uh, this was the worst show you've ever listened to. Scott, thanks for contributing to this mess. Well, I, you told me you wanted some the worstness, but uh, maybe my a uh, little bit uh, my stage fright uh, didn't allow me to you know bring out all my negativity that you you were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, it's a new Scott. It's a, you turned over a leaf. I'm stoked. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, I, I do, do you like that? Logan, you didn't screw the show up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a win. Now, now would you say so, this show is better or worse than Wayne's world? Is, is that, better. wait, what, what do you rock on or something like that? Show? Yeah. Wayne's Wayne's world. I, Party time. Wayne's world. Party, yeah, time. party time. Yeah. I like the song that they had, the one that Getty Ling <laughs> Getty Lee sang on <laughs> for that. They got they got the one of the one of the made <laughs> um uh, one of the main singers of the world to help with that. We need some we need some help. Or maybe I get some punk rockers on here or something like that. But anyways, uh thanks everybody for joining in. Uh really uh appreciate it. And uh with that, uh we'll see you out on the trail. So uh hey, wait, I'm gonna list can I list off my sponsors one more time? Yeah. Okay. Don't click off yet. Listen to these sponsors. The, the reason we have them is they help make this show possible. So double take mirrors, bulletproof design, seat concept, fast company, trail tech, DDC, climb, Scott sports, taco moto, and of course, Yamaha. And you can also support us by clicking through our links on Amazon and for Rocky mountain on our website, go to dirtbiketest.com and we will see you out in the trail. Cheers, buddies.